Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag3, whoever he is. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this This is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international depression. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, you got coronavirus. A lot of the discussion about the lab leak, I think, was clouded early on because there was the suggestion by some that it was somehow a Chinese weapon. But we've come a long way from people dismissing this as a conspiracy theory. We have, John. And look, I do think it's important to remember that then-President Trump and Mike Pompeo both suggested they had seen evidence that this was formed in a lab. And the Trump administration learned that when you have burned your own credibility over and over again, people are not immediately going to believe you. matters. It was buried in an administration and a former president who often troped in racist terms and dog whistles. It buried the message that could have been actually reasonable. I doubt it. You are fake news. Go home, bitch. Very fake news. I love those threats in your hair, man. Look at her. She looks like she's 19 years old. Don't you understand, you dumb son of a bitch? Don't you understand? All right. America... Go to the YouTube right now. And also big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. So congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You're awesome. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. No. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can go write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, frankly, the best. There's the first one. Oh, no. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Happy Memorial Day to all of our listeners. Uh, Please find a moment to remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice in service to this country and their families. And after that... By all means, do what's truly important. That's have a great long weekend and be sure to find some time to admire that amazing photo of Kamala Harris that she tweeted. Did you see it? Stunning. Amazing. Brave. Really great way to honor our country's quarter millennium of war dead. We'll get to that. Plus, uh, Joe Biden trying to outdo her for worst Memorial Day commentary. Joe took a moment to... Do what he does best, and that's admire young girls. At least this one was verbal and not physical. At least as far as we know. This is terrible. This is so bad. (laughs) He definitely admired her a a little too specifically. Tried to be kind to him, but it definitely got weird. If she were like 15, I'd be like, okay, but I looked at a picture of her. She's like eight. Oh, I didn't even see the picture. I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, plus, uh, Joe's nominee for ATF or AFT or whatever the hell you call it. Joe doesn't even know the director of that, at least prospective testifies before the Senate, a Senate panel. And he really held nothing back. Uh, he wants your guns and he wants them yesterday. And if I can say anything positive, it was that he didn't hide much. And I can sort of admire that. But when you're that dangerous and that frankly, un-American, at least in my opinion, that's not actually very positive. We'll go through what he had to say. 
A, uh, a workplace shooting in San Jose kills nine and media are baffled that police right across the street effectively could not supernaturally stop this man. Plus, he burned down his house with some weird ammo on the stove scheme. I've never heard of this. It was pretty impressive. Yeah. Wow. And uh, he, he had an arsenal, too. He had an arsenal of 25,000 rounds. I just want to know, when did he acquire them? Because if he bought that recently... One, how? And two, where did he get the massive pile of cash? Yeah, really. I assume he's had it for some time. Mm -hmm. Plus, we got all the updates on the uh, continuing saga of coronavirus lab origin. I'll have to be very careful. What I'm going to describe is uh, my hypothetical work of fan fiction. I'm not going to talk about anything definitive, Susan. Don't worry. (laughs) Plus, we got hoax hate. Another noose turns out to be not a noose. It has nothing to do with Amazon this time. And I have some more stuff, too. And then the movie review this week is Terminator. And I think it'll be a really fun uh, review. There were some really cool things that I really appreciated about the movie just conceptually. And some things were beyond terrible. Like you referenced, the effects were uh, famously bad. Yeah. So bad. They're good. Kind of. I mean, I can't give them credit because they weren't trying to make me laugh, but they are that so bad. They're good type variety. Yeah. We'll uh, go into full detail at the end of the show. And we will check in with Super Chats on YouTube, Tippy Stream, Trovo, and DLive in between topics 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low-down money grabbers, of course. We'll take as many as we can until 11.30 p.m. Eastern, so please get them in early if you would like them read. It will be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show-related and support the show over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. And don't forget, the show store is up and running. We have t-shirts, we have mugs, we have hats, we have it all. Plus, we have special deals from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends over at Hero Soap Company. Do you love freedom? Do you love being clean? Then you'll love Hero Soap Company, made in the USA. Chemical and fragrance free. A portion of each purchase donated to veteran and first responder charities. Initial subscription purchase is matched bar for bar and sent overseas to deploy troops. Let freedom clean. Hero Soap Company. That's right. When you try Hero Soap Company, not only are you getting a great smelling all natural product, not only are you supporting military service members at home and abroad, not only do bald eagles circle you in admiration of your patriotism, but when you subscribe, Hero will send their soap straight to your door each month so you never forget soap at the store again. And if you're not a bar soap person, no problem. Hero also offers their soaps in a liquid form as well. Hero Soap offers listeners of this show 10% off all their products using promo code MCLISTENER. That's promo code MCLISTENER for 10% off everything from Hero Soap Company. You can find everything you need from Hero Soap, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Charity Swipes, 2A Jerky Company, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more at mattchristiansonmedia.com slash deals. Deals for listeners by listeners. Uh, As you might have been able to tell in the intro there, my voice is still struggling just a little bit. I think it should be good for the duration of the show, but uh, there might be a couple lingering frogs. I'm on the uh, I'm on the upside. I felt pretty crappy the last couple of days, but uh, I don't know if it's Dr. Fauci's fault or if it's China's fault or whoever designed this virus that I may have come down with. But um, 
but we will get through the show. And uh, is it please... the one? I thought you had the Rona already. I don't know. This time I lost like half my taste and smell, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain tastes, I lost the ability to taste, but not totally. Back in November, I totally lost ability to taste or smell anything. And this time yeah. it was uh, sort of here and there. How strange. Anyway. If I have to uh, hack up a lung or anything, I will mute my mic. Please bear with me. And then I, I did want to give everybody an update on what happened with last Sunday's show and the tech problems. Again, thanks for bearing with that. I did mention this on Wednesday, but in case you didn't hear, good news, bad news. And it's mostly good news, so don't worry. Um, the good news is it's not my computer or my internet connection or any of my hardware, which is what I thought at right. first. Mm-hmm. It is Restream, and that's the service that I use to multi-stream. So when I send the stream it sends out to a service called restream and restream then splits it into uh, a signal that goes to youtube and dlive and trovo and all the places we might want to have the stream live the good news is it's not me the bad news is i have no control over the function (laughs) of restream servers Mm. the only option i have is to switch between the locations of their servers so after doing a bunch of testing on monday i narrowed it down to restream's issue and I figured out that the Seattle server that I've been using the whole time was actually causing problems. And so I've Seattle switched. Seattle causing problems. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if Antifa got to their server house or what, but something went haywire. And I've, I've switched to a different server and it looks like it's working fine. It worked fine on Wednesday. I did a test stream today while I was doing show prep. It, it went great. So if the problem returns, which I hope that it doesn't, I'd have to. I can stream directly to YouTube just fine. I'd have to ditch restream and potentially that would make it tougher or I wouldn't be able to do to yeah. do D live or Trovo until I figure out something else. Bottom line, it should all be fixed now, but I just wanted you guys aware of what the issue was and what the options would be if it returned. The plan is for everything to be totally normal, but we're a little bit at the mercy of somebody else's service for the time being, which is it's going OK. It's all right. The story. Fine. That's how this always is. And of course, what would this show be <laughs> without a, a little bit of duct tape charm? Yeah. Duct tape is the first ingredient to this show. So, you know, one out of 100 or something, that's not that bad. If it starts becoming one out of two, that's pretty bad. We'll worry about it then. And we'll cross those future tech bridges when we get to them. Also, in last week's show, I uh, I made a reference in the alien movie review segment, which you may or may not have seen because it was playing at about two frames per second and it was barely watchable. <laughs> but when we're talking about alien, um, I, I briefly referenced the lesbian moms who drove their family of adopted African children off a cliff in Northern California in 2018. You did. We've mentioned many times on this show. As a matter yes. Of Just in case you forget this story, which has fascinated us for a couple of years now. But that's the story of Jennifer and Sarah Hart. And they were the the virtue signaling lesbians who evaded CPS across multiple states. And ultimately, it is assumed drugged up their kids and put them at the bottom of the uh, rocky ocean in Mendocino confirmed. County. Cal- is it confirmed that they were drugged? Or yeah, just they were suspected? all on high, like high levels of Benadryl. It wasn't like. Yeah, they, they put them to sleep with allergy pills, basically. Yeah. And some of the kids they never even found. A couple of them just got swept out to sea and never recovered. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing this story back up is now there's an hour and a half documentary on Discovery Plus called Broken Hearts. 
And apparently, I've not seen it yet, but I, I have to check this out because it's it's supposed to be the story of the full lead up to what happened. It's got interviews with former friends, social service professionals, a psychologist and more. I haven't seen it yet, but I definitely will. And if you have seen it or you, you're going to watch it, and you want to send me your thoughts, please do email me because I'm fascinated to learn more about this story. Uh, I in another story from about the same time that kind of disappeared forever the molly tibbetts uh trial is already over there is a verdict and i suppose the verdict is good news um but our our guy the who cnn describes as a farm worker he wasn't done with his hail mary attempts at bizarre uh alibis or descriptions of what happened to him i mean we recapped the molly tibbetts case last week and everybody knows it so i'm I'm not gonna bother bother to do that but this guy christian christian yeah christian um, he was convicted, obviously, but speaking through an interpreter on Wednesday during the case, he said that two masked mystery men kidnapped him, forced him to participate in their plot to kill Tibbets, then threatened his family and told him to remain silent. So sentencing is set for July 5th. Obviously, he was uh, convicted. He's facing life in prison. Won't get the death penalty, though, which is a real shame. It, they just don't have it in Iowa. I don't know. It's just he could face first degree murder. murder charge, right? That was his conviction. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Did, were these, to, were these um, bilingual uh, kidnappers who got him? Did they speak yeah. to him in Spanish, which was an issue prior? There are a lot of Mexicans in Iowa, to be fair. Um, Silencio, Christian. Christian. I, yeah. They they did have to issue uh, the sentence through a translator, also. Okay, and I love the way. I could have pulled a million headlines on this. I was just Googling it earlier today. I had to pull this one. It's CNN. What else would you expect? But a farm worker found oh, guilty of that. killing Molly Tibbetts. Just a, you know, farmer Joe down the street. Farm he got Joe. a little weird. He got uh, he had too many beers over at the pumpkin patch and killed a young lady, I suppose. <laughs> uh, no, no mention of Christian's uh, immigration status. That, I don't even know if it's What's mentioned right? in the entire article let me see oh no it is undocumented it is un, undocumented immigrant from mexico oh, but you got to scroll down a, a few paragraphs he just forgot his documentation that's all yeah i'm sure he's got it somewhere or maybe those uh masked kidnappers took oh, off oh. took off with it yeah, got away sure. so that's uh that's that we'll we'll i assume we'll Come back to the story when there is sentencing. Do we have a time frame for that? Do we know when that'll happen? Sentencing is July 15th. Okay. Pretty soon then. All right. Uh, It was reported over the weekend, several different reports that Andy No had been assaulted by Antifa activists in Portland after trying to infiltrate the group. There were, I would say there were protests or riots in Portland over the weekend, but that's, that's just a given. That's, It'd be news if there if there weren't any. I'm trying not to laugh, but this all Asians look alike thing is really. I got to admit, this guy looks more looks like, like him yeah. than some of the past confusion. I am yeah. still of the opinion that this is not him. I don't think so either, but it looks like him. There are uh, there were conflicting reports. Some headlines and descriptions read Portland Riders assault man. They believe is journalist Andy. No other descriptions say reports are that. Andy No was assaulted by Antifa again in Portland. And you have these photos. The original videos 
the the primary videos that were the evidence in this case, the account is gone off Twitter or the videos are deleted. So I had a, a tough time tracking them down. There's still some additional videos. But anyway, what happened is um, this man was tackled and punched before he found refuge inside of this hotel and then he was able to escape. But he was tackled and beaten by by Antifa outside of this hotel or at least rioters in a black clad variety. And at, at this, at least as of right now, let me refresh. Andy no has not tweeted since Friday night. Now, is that abnormal? I don't know. It's a holiday weekend. I don't know what he has going on. The reason I'm skeptical beyond what it just kind of looks a little bit different from him. Andy no doesn't really hang out in Portland anymore. Yeah. Andy no left just living in Portland because of the threats that were made against him. I have a hard time believing that he would suddenly decide to try to infiltrate an Antifa group or hang out near them without some kind of serious disguise. <laughs> yeah, that's not his jam anymore, is it? I, I wouldn't think so. So I think it's just another guy. This has happened before. There's an example mm -hmm. in this article or maybe it's in this other one here. You can watch a dude who just looks generically similar to Andy No, but is in fact a leftist activist get harassed and threatened by the mob. This was last summer. And that guy looks less like Andy No than the dude in this story. Yeah. Maybe this is part of what the uh, so-called spike in anti-Asian hate crimes is, is uh, people <laughs> mistaking random Asians for Andy No. Yeah. It might be that. If we learn more, we will uh, update the story or, you know, keep an, keep an eye on Andy's Twitter feed for clarification. Now, in uh, national news, as expected, the bill to create the January 6th commission failed to clear the 60-vote Senate filibuster threshold, and the commission is now dead, at least as a congressionally appointed nonpartisan investigation. Six Republicans joined Democrats in supporting the bill. Collins, Murkowski, Cassidy, Portman, Romney, Sass, your, your typical cast. And there are existing investigations ongoing. The DOJ, of course, is continuing its prosecution and its investigation uh, of the individual people charged. There are 500, roughly 500 of them charged so far. The Senate Rules and Homeland Security Committees have both uh, both of those committees have investigations underway that are looking at uh, police and National Guard response. But in terms of what might happen now in the House, Nancy Pelosi has the option of forming a select committee to investigate the Capitol riot. But it is expected that such a committee would receive minimal to no Republican support. And in that case, it would have not it wouldn't just have the appearance of being purely partisan. It would be purely partisan. <laughs> but why would you that's that's been the argument from a lot of the, the supporters of this Capitol Riot Commission. Well, we need to do it this way so that it's bipartisan so that the American people can trust it as though to me, as though it's any different than Nancy Pelosi running the investigation with nothing but Democrats in the House. The people who are are behind this and support it the most they don't even accept the most basic facts that are already established case in point again i hate to keep bringing up brian sicknick every week but they make me <laughs> they make you made us do this hillary clinton tweets on friday morning an angry mob attacked our capital our lawmakers in our election they killed a policeman and Republican leaders would rather we all not know more about what happened you don't even know that's what happened because it didn't <sighs> It's it's unbelievable that this just lives on forever. And if, if you need a reminder, 
Hillary, Brian Sicknick died of natural causes. If yeah. they, the they in this situation, the writers, who are they? Uh, how did they kill him? Why is there no evidence of how they killed him? Who's Why been charged? Why no being charged? Yeah. Who are these people? How did they do it? There's cameras everywhere. That was like the first point that we made about Brian Sicknick back in January was, man, it's pretty weird that there's nothing but cameras rolling everywhere and nobody has a photo or a video of this. Yeah. Hmm. Strange. <laughs> Awfully bizarre. And it, the other reason I bring it up is because they, they upped the Brian Sicknick lie to another level. They brought in Gladys Sicknick, Brian Sicknick's mom, to parade around the Capitol and demand to speak with Republican senators. And she did speak with a lot of them. She didn't get to all of them, but she's still pushing the lie. She wrote a letter Two senators that reads in part, quote, my son, Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, died on January 7th, 2021. The day after January 6th, he died because of the insurrectionists who stormed the Capitol building on January 6th. That's part of it. That is not what the medical examiner's conclusion was. Was It was natural causes. There's no direct link to the Capitol riot. If there is, point out who did it. Gladys, point yeah. me to them. Bring them to justice. Why do they always do this? And why do they always go along with it? Why do the families? I can't believe the family signed up for this to parade around. And, and it's fine if she supports the commission. She's perfectly entitled to that. I'm not saying that that's an unreasonable ask from her. But please stop lying. It's so emotional. Yeah. Just cut the bullshit. Your son was not killed by rioters. Okay. In fact, do I want to get into the ultimate tinfoil? The... Let me preface this with by saying it is absolutely unsubstantiated tinfoil nonsense. But I have been clued into rumors that allege falsely, of course, Susan, like I'm fact checking here. OK, fact check false. Wrong people out there say that Brian Sicknick's uh, blood clot, his stroke may have been a, an adverse reaction to a coronavirus vaccine. Ooh, that's Im spicy. Imagine hypothetically if such a thing were true. Now, I heard this and I looked into it. And as far as I can tell, Capitol Police officers were given their vaccinations well after that, generally speaking. So seriously speaking, I don't, I don't think that there's much truth to that. But in such Ooh. in such imagine such a scenario if that truth came out. Oh, my God. Down the line. Well, it will never come out. If true, nobody's going to nobody's going to hear. Yeah. Anyway, just keep repeating the lie. Eventually, people will accept it. And they do. Well, I'm, they I, if, you could, already, right? if you could poll people, I wonder what the result would be. Do you think the rioters killed Brian Sicknick? It'd be at least 50% yes. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Uh, <laughs> tell me about what happened at the George Floyd Memorial. One of the best pieces of symbolism I've seen in some time. Just poetic oh, this perfection. This footage was so funny. I must have watched it like four times um so <laughs> dozens of people had gathered in minneapolis to honor george floyd uh, and then they have to duck for cover on tuesday as gunfire pierced the atmosphere uh we'll watch it in, about, in, in a second as far as i can tell no one's in custody still for this drive-by mm. shooting one man was critically injured but he's gonna pull through um and you know they've named this george floyd square too Oh, yeah, it's George been there for square. <laughs> they have had multiple fatal shootings in and around George Floyd Square. Yeah. Just like so Seattle Chaz. Um, yeah. So it's an evolving incident. Uh, there's not there's still not a lot of information about this. Imagine that it's been what, five, six days. There are no police and, to investigate. And if they did, they're yeah. racist. Yeah. yeah, totally. We don't know. Uh, 
what black person did this for <laughs> sure. Like I've never been more sure in my life. This is a crime committed by a black person, but let's watch this hilarious, uh, hilarious clip. I forget who this reporter is, but uh, just to <laughs> properly characterize the irony, he's discussing a police reform bill in the Senate when shots break out. This bill of comprehensive police reform uh, to be... Uh, to, just got to be careful here with some gunshots. Excuse us, excuse us. And somebody takes off driving away at some point here. It sounds like gunshots. I'll let you know what this is. These seem to be gunshots. Shit. Shit, where is that? And that's a lot of gunshots uninterrupted. There's got to be two dozen that go off there. Do you know what's hilarious about this? All the black people in the frame are taking this shit seriously. They're all like, oh my God, there's gunshots. And then all the white people are like, what's going on? I'm just going to mosey <laughs> through this, this square. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Now, I'm pretty confident, just to, um, just to counter your assertion, I'm pretty confident this is the work of white supremacist agitators. Yes. Uh, uh, sure. a, a, a friend who's in the know in the area clued me in. Def- 100% guaranteed white supremacist agitators. Don't Just remember, all the Minneapolis riots... They were all started by a weird white supremacist with an umbrella breaking windows at AutoZone. That's how the whole thing yes, happened. Yeah, if it wasn't for exactly. him, the police precinct would still be intact. That's the official narrative. Um, and it, it just, I, again, how perfect that he's talking about police reform. I, I'm, I'm sure the police reform would have stopped what just happened. there. If only they'd reformed police, which in Minneapolis, by the way, didn't they? Didn't they defund police there? They just talk about it. I forget uh, what happened. Yeah, they, I think they did. But, you know. Who cares? This is this is just going to continue to happen. I'm never going to stop laughing. Well, speaking of um, Memorial Days. Uh, no, no. I, I botched the, the transition. <clears throat> Let me start again. Starting again. Speaking what about of, your botched transition? <laughs> womp womp. OK, now that we've really drawn this out beyond any effectiveness. <clears throat> speaking of memorials gone wrong. OK, there we go. It is, of course, Memorial Day weekend, the holiday for which we remember those fallen in service to our country. And the president and the vice president are apparently engaged in a contest for who can botch the weekend's messaging the worst. Now, yeah, they treated this with even less or more levity than we did uh, in in one of the most politically tone deaf and idiotic tweets I've seen in a long time. Kamala Harris tweeted Saturday, Saturday afternoon, quote, enjoy the long weekend End quote. That's it. Just enjoy the long weekend. Plus, this weird side profile picture of herself grinning. And um, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not Mr. Word Police. And I, I hate to go too hard after one dumb tweet. However, this is the official VP account of the vice president of the yeah. United States. Yeah. It's not that you have to say certain things, I suppose. But if you're going to comment on the long weekend... Perhaps someone in the second highest office in the land should acknowledge or explain why there's a long weekend. And I, I fully don't understand this picture of her. What the hell does this have to do with anything? Is she grinning at the weekend? Is she grinning at herself? What it, What the hell is this? I don't even understand this. I don't understand this in a Labor Day context or any context. It just makes no sense even beyond its um political idiocy. So she's tone deaf. It's very bizarre. I'm just, I'm shocked. I, she probably didn't even write the tweet. It's probably some aid, but I can't believe it made it through any level of, re- of review. 
Actually, is this tone deaf or does she just not want to recognize the material importance of the holiday? Yeah, I can't Maybe. figure it out. Does she I, I, not I doubt care? she's this tone deaf. I just think that she wanted to say something neutral. <laughs> Even that is pretty bad. I just want to be neutral about our war dead as the vice president of the country. It's not that. I, yeah. I just think it's something really bizarre, like historically bizarre for a sitting vice president to say, to say something like that, as opposed to like a guy, you know, if there's yeah. some rando on Twitter, who's like, I don't care. Those guys deserved it or something like, okay, you're just a private citizen rando who gives a shit. You're probably wrong, but who cares for the vice president to do this is something pretty bizarre. Now I, I gotta be yeah. fair as fair as possible. She did come back this morning and she tweeted, about Memorial Day specifically, she said, throughout our history, our servicemen and women have risked everything to defend our freedoms and our country. As we prepare to honor them on Memorial Day, we remember their service and their sacrifice. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. The The trouble is uh, now I'm wondering. That's PR nonsense, though. Right. Then I'm wondering, like, is that, are those your real thoughts, though? Or did you get forced into this? Yeah. Did you get, did the political Clearly pressure. Clearly got forced into it, yeah. Uh, and that's a problem if uh, if that is what happened to you. Now, you know what else is a problem? Her original tweet, um, not ratioed. Not ratioed. 85,000 likes, 38,000 replies. Not even close to ratioed. Now you scroll through the responses and it's full of uh, a lot of uh, really entertaining reads. People talking about um, military service members and their families who they lost. And also people just roasting her with uh, you know funny <laughs> jokes and things. <laughs> But um, but yeah, if she was forced to acknowledge the fallen on Memorial Day as the vice president of the United States, I think that's pretty much a state of disgrace for our country uh, and something we should all uh, generally frown upon, of course. But dark days not to be outdone. Creepy Joe again made himself known um, giving a Memorial Day or a Memorial Weekend speech in uh, Virginia on Friday. Oh, I can't watch this again. It's very short, at least. Um, so Biden was speaking at Joint Base Langley Eustis, where he made reference to a veteran's family in attendance, singling out the young daughter in the family because he really, really likes her barrettes. I'm especially honored to share the stage with Brittany and Jared and Nathan and Margaret Catherine. I, uh, I love those barrettes in her hair, man. I tell you what. And look at her. She looks like she's 19 years old, sitting there with her, like a little lady with a race car. Brittany, you're doing triple duty as a veteran, a military spouse, and a team. Okay, now this is. We'll get to the comment in a section in a second. But did you notice the translator, the sign, the but sign language do. interpreter? No, 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 no. You tell me. It looks like she kind of just gives up for a second, but the reaction is entertaining to watch, as always. Look at her. She looks like she's 19 years old, sitting there with her, like a little lady <laughs> oh, in a okay. Brittany, you're doing triple she's like, duty Ugh. as a veteran, she's military got like a, spouse. A visible grimace on her face. Like, I hate my job so much. Why? Why are you such a pedophile? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's tough to be Joe Biden's um, sign language interpreter. And. Uh, do I have to try to be a little bit uh, fair here? Like on its own, is it the worst thing in the world? It's really bad. Okay. It's, it's weird. It's definitely weird. It's probably not the worst thing in the world. 
I get that he's trying to be complimentary of a little girl and her veteran family. However, we live in a world where this is part of a pattern of touching kids and smelling kids hair and saying weird things to them. And the question remains, why can't his staff get this under control? It was a problem throughout the whole campaign. It's been a problem. Everyone talks about it. Yeah. It's like, Joe, no more talking about kids, talking to kids, touching kids. None of that. Just stop it. Joe Biden has to be the most the least physically threatening or intimidating person of all time. Yet they can't wrangle. They can't corral him to get him to stop this weird nonsense with children. I suppose mentally corralling him and physically corralling him are two different things, though. It's the uh, the mental corral is much more challenging. I mean, do you think this is dementia or he's actually? I think it's total speculation on my part. Um, I just wonder does dementia have like an inhibition removing quality to it where you just your filter kind of goes away is that yeah, th- yeah that said has joe biden ever had a filter on these things he's been doing this for years if not decades hmm. yeah you're right i I don't, I don't think this is dementia related i think that might just be him this is creepy creepy dude speaking of creepy biden trended on twitter and then creepy trump uh, followed, which was some weird whataboutism. And of course, as Trump said weird improper things and done some weird improper things as well, sure. But I thought the point of the rabid anti-Trump people was that it's bad when he does it. So if we could all come together and say, yeah, um, Trump has said some weird stuff in the past, sure. They can't come together and say, that's weird. We can't acknowledge that that has a bizarre quality to it. Instead, it's like, oh, well, it's not that bad because some other people did it. Yeah, but you were screaming to the sky about how bad it was when those other people did it. Yeah. Defensive, weird, old, senile Biden. I just don't get. But, uh, you know, well, now this, for whatever reason, this barely alive man remains a political hero to half the country. For whatever reason, I do wonder why they're doing this because all, all can see what's going on here. He's just slipping into some sort of mental haze. He's totally inappropriate. This is inappropriate for like a somebody's Christmas, you know? <laughs> yeah, you go get your leader grandpa under world. control if he starts yeah. doing that shit. Yeah. For real. Uh, leader of the free world. Uh, are we all going to act like this is this is fine? Okay. Well, and the other problem with Joe Biden, it's one thing if um, he's just a figurehead. He's like a ceremonial, symbolic person. Um, you could make the argument that that's okay if he's at least picking good quality, competent people around him for positions of leadership and law enforcement and all that sort of stuff. Of course, he's not. He's picking incredibly radical, insane people, basically anti-American people to fill every position that you possibly can think of, which uh, was the case for David Chipman this week. We're called David Chipman. He is Joe Biden's nominee to lead the ATF or the AFT or, you know, whatever uh, Joe Biden says he knows well. David Chipman, as you'll remember, is a 25-year ATF veteran from Ruby Ridge to Waco to Fast and Furious. Chipman has been around and has had some hand in all the ATF's greatest hits of botchery. And um, since I think 2012, he's been uh, the senior policy advisor at uh, Giffords, which is a gun control think tank. So he is in a senior leadership position at a gun control advocacy organization right now. If you're not frustrated with him enough because he was part of um, 
uh, arguably mass murdering Americans over what kind of guns they were in possession of. Um, you, you have to worry because he, he's, he doesn't come into this from strictly a law enforcement perspective, which is would, would be his job if confirmed law enforcement. Right, right. He's a decade long activist at this point. You got to worry about that. And last we heard from Chipman upon his nomination, we listened to a 2018 interview in which he advocated regulating AR-15s as we currently do machine guns. So a six-month-plus background check required, fingerprints required, $200 tax to the feds, among other hurdles, just to have what is today the most commonly owned and used rifle platform in the country. So this week he testified in front of a Senate panel for his uh, confirmation hearing. And he, as I mentioned, he really didn't hold back any of those opinions. If there's yeah. if there's anything positive I can say, I like somebody who's just straight up and honest. But if they're straight up and honest about how they plan to radically restructure the country, that's not necessarily a big compliment. And he was asked a series of important questions by uh, by senators on the panel. Um, he was asked by Senator Cornyn if law-abiding gun owners are a threat. Just your normal guy with a gun down the street who's never done anything wrong to anyone, just has a gun to protect himself or for sporting purposes or for whatever, for whatever reason, a guy might want to have a gun. And Chipman said that lawful gun owners often become criminals using their guns. Is a uh, law-abiding gun owner a threat to public safety, in your view? If the term law-abiding means Ugh. someone has lawfully possessed a gun, yeah. there are often occasions that that person then goes on to commit a violent crime. Uh, if you're just saying, um, characterize the um, majority of gun owners, the majority of gun owners are law-abiding. Thanks for that non-answer. Yes, <laughs> some people commit commit crimes that own guns. Some people with blue eyes commit crimes and people with brown eyes commit crimes. What a non-answer. Some people with crazy eyes, or I don't know, maybe crazy yeah. ears. I know you were laughing at his appearance and I know I shouldn't do that, but he is a weird looking dude. I'll just He's a say weird looking dude. Yeah. Ugly, ugly man. I don't want that to be the face of someone who's coming to take my guns or kill me. Come on. I can't take that seriously. <laughs> Better than Beto, I guess though. Oh, he does look like Gary Busey. Thank you. Oh uh, yeah, chat. I can see correct. it. Yeah. 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 Okay, so Chipman continued in this exchange that the ATF's priority is enforcement of the National Firearms Act and the Gun Control Act, focusing on people who break federal laws and attempt and, and attempting to intervene before they kill someone, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. Now, why? So in the case of the National Firearms Act, the NFA, you can't have short barreled rifles, short barreled shotguns without an without a crazy regulatory hurdle. But why is simply having a short barreled rifle or some other restricted item, an indicator of a forthcoming murder. There's no data to show that if you bust someone for illegal possession of an NFA item, you have thwarted a murder. That's just, that just doesn't exist. And, um, and Chipman just said, oftentimes there are no crimes before a person commits a murder anyway. So what use is the gun control act and the NFA in that context? And I don't see any evidence, um, that the uh, that the NFA, which again restricts what kind of weapons you can have, and the Gun Control Act, which regulates interstate transfer of firearms, stop murder. I, I don't see. I, I've not seen data to conclude that. I welcome it if it's available, um, but I would bet a large sum of money that you could simply delete those federal laws tomorrow, and there would be no impact on the murder rate in this country. 
Chipman also went beyond his prior position. Remember, he said, I want to regulate AR-15s like we do machine guns. Now he's he was asked whether he wants to ban the gun, and he he repeated that oh, ban no. language. What exactly his stance here is, I'm a little bit confused by, but he does say in response to Ted Cruz, yeah, I, I want to ban the AR-15. Your public position is that you want to ban AR-15s. Is that correct? With respect to the AR-15, uh, I support uh, a, a ban as um, as has been presented um, in uh, a Senate bill and supported by the president. Um, the AR-15 is a gun I was issued on ATF's SWAT team, and it's a particularly lethal weapon. And regulating it as other particularly lethal weapons um, I have advocated for as ATF director, if I'm confirmed, I would simply enforce the laws and the books. And right now, um, there is no such uh, ban on those guns. Another non-answer. He, he's pretty good at those, <laughs> although he, he does say, I want to ban it. I mean, he does, I'm in favor of a ban. He did say that clearly. And then he kind of he uh, softened it at the end by saying, well, right now there is no law that says that they're banned. So I, you know, I just enforce the law. Right. But this is why the bump stock stuff was so important. This is why that obscure pistol brace stuff that's been going on is so important. Slippery slope. Those things were never defined by Congress or banned by Congress. It was just the DOJ. It was just the executive branch that redefined what those things are under existing federal law and said, you can't have them anymore. You got to give them to us. And if we catch you with them, it's 10 years in prison or a $10,000 fine. If you believe that it, that let's let's consider a scenario. Chipman gets confirmed. Joe Biden goes to Chipman and say and says, yeah, let's figure out a way to just ban AR-15s under some executive action under existing law. You think Chipman's going to go now, now, Mr. President, uh, that would be Congress's job. I will stand on principle because there's no existing law that bans them. He no, he would they've clearly love. talked about uh, a way forward. That's why they're getting him in. Yeah. So for him to talk about, well, I'm just here to enforce the laws that Congress writes. I bet. I bet. I'm sure you love the Constitution, which is why you uh, ignore the uh, the second part of the uh, Bill of Rights there. And then the, the question, too, is what sort of gun would David Chipman ban? He talks about AR-15s, but AR-15s, as popular as they are, are sort of a, a limited part of the world of guns and scary guns that the activists don't like as well. So what what sort of assault weapons would he ban if he had his way? Well, his definition that he gives is extremely broad, and this is in response to a question, a request to define the term from Tom Cotton. You have called for an assault weapons ban. I have a simple question for you. What is an assault weapon? My recollection is the only um, process but by which ATF is weighed in is that I know there's a demand letter three program, and ATF in that program has defined an assault rifle as any semi-automatic rifle capable of accepting a detachable magazine um, above the caliber of 22, which would include a 223, which is, you know, largely the so AR-15 round. So anything with a detachable magazine. That is a rifle and semi-auto. Yeah. Isn't everything above a 22? Not everything, but there are lots and lots of guns, uh, rifles specifically with detachable mags that are semi-automatic. Oh. Lots and lots. Certainly not just the AR-15. Um, but he's not being very honest uh, with his response there because Tom Cotton's question was, 
you've you've advocated indeed you are an activist talking about banning assault weapons what do you mean when you use that term and chipman defers to this bizarre obscure atf definition from some specific like i'm supposed to know what that is or any american and nobody cares we're asking you what your definition is because you're an activist who wants to ban them As reported by NPR, he, David Chipman, has advocated for tougher gun laws, including limits on high-capacity magazines and an assault-style weapons ban. So what does that mean to you, your advocacy group? Not some weird ATF paper from, I don't know, a decade ago or something. You go to Giffords, and they they just defer to the old definition from the the now-expired assault weapons ban, 94 to 04. And that, their definition there, they had 19 specific models that they banned. And then the general definition was semi-automatic rifles, pistols, and shotguns with at least two specified characteristics from a list of features. So if you have a detachable mag plus a pistol Oof. grip or a bayonet lug. But it, it's a dumb definition, just as dumb as the one he's giving right now. But the point is, even the advocacy group from which he came or is coming is looser in its definition of an assault weapon than the definition he just gave. He's saying straight up semi-automatic rifle, detachable mag. At least the prior ban was like, well, put a pistol grip on it or something else. And <laughs> yeah. Again, we're just talking about shapes of plastic. It doesn't change the action of the gun. It doesn't change the ballistics of the projectile. It doesn't change any of that. It's just what shapes of plastic can you put on there is what we're talking about. But yeah, it, it was just a dishonest, it's one, a dishonest answer and two, one that's even more restrictive than the advocacy group he's coming from, which is astounding. Um, and then uh, he's, he's, he was also asked, um, Tom Cotton asked him about uh, if he'll prosecute Hunter Biden for lying on a firearm transfer form. Uh, Chipman was noncommittal. We remember the Hunter Biden story. I'll recap after the clip here, but that was the throw the revolver in the dumpster case. <sighs> Mr. Chipman, you testified to Senator Lee that it's a serious felony to lie on a background check application. I agree. Should Hunter Biden be prosecuted for breaking this law? If I'm confirmed as ATF director, it will be my responsibility to enforce all federal laws without political favor. I do not know any factors um, uh, in this particular case, but I am familiar what, uh, with the press account of it. I will ensure that all violations of law are investigated and referred. I'm not sure that it has not been investigated. What? (laughs) He's saying he thinks ATF might have already looked at it, which I I guess guess we don't know. (sighs) The logic here, uh, law-abiding gun owners often become violent criminals, which is why we need background checks to weed out the bad guys except for this bad guy about whom I'm not sure. And I have to circle back now, even if it's been investigated as he alludes to, we just don't know, but even if it has, they got the investigation wrong. It is conclusively provable. Hunter Biden lied on his firearm transfer form when he bought that revolver that remember uh, Bo's wife that Hunter was banging in the weirdest relationship ever got mad or scared about Hunter's gun classic uh, anti-gunner move. I don't like guns. They're unsafe. So I'm just going to throw it freely in a totally unsafe place, a dumpster behind a grocery store. Yeah. When Hunter bought that gun, he put on the form as everyone has to No, I am not an unlawful user of drugs or addicted to drugs. Meanwhile, we know concurrently Hunter Biden per his book 
Beautiful Things or whatever the hell the name of his book was and his interviews. At the same time he bought the gun, he talks about being addicted to drugs. He, unless he was lying in the memoir, which that would be a stunning admission, I suppose, but he lied. He lied on the form. And that's Tom Cotton's point. People dismiss this for being politically motivated. Is it? Yes. But the broader point is, if you can have people in high positions of power blatantly ignore the law and people like Chipman, who are about as hard line on the enforcement of the laws you could possibly be to the point they make it up to excuse somebody who obviously blatantly broke the very law he says is vital to stopping murders and other things. Yeah. It just it shows you what a joke and how selective this sort of law enforcement will be they'll be kicking down your door to stop you from murdering someone but they're not going to stop hunter biden's weird foot jobs and smoking parmesan cheese hoping it's crack or whatever the hell he does just deeper we're just going to go keep going deeper and deeper into this there's going to be no justice for any of us um and nobody's going to have to face any repercussions for what they've done in the government we'll I mean, all become i don't know why i'm not even surprised about any of this anymore We'll all become David Koresh. We'll all have our own Waco <laughs> rubble. Now, I, I, I wanted to talk about that, too, because you recall the photo of what was claimed to be David Chipman at the Waco. Yeah, he just uh, straight up denied this. Mm -hmm. He so he disputes that that's him. Mm. And as does the saying ATF. It's photoshopped. No, I don't. I haven't heard the ATF deny the authenticity of the photo itself. But he says he, he wasn't there at that time, and the ATF, uh, a spokesperson for the ATF, says the same. So the photo, show, according to the AP's fact check here, the, the photo shows a man standing in front of rubble that was still smoldering with smoky air visible in the background. That could not have been Chipman, who arrived in Waco weeks after the fire, according to Langwell, the spokesperson for the ATF. Mm. Quote, Mr. Chipman arrived in Waco, Texas on May 2nd, 1993. His role in the Waco event was solely in a post-incident investigative review capacity. So these fact checks are coming out now because Chipman denied that that's him at this hearing. I've not heard a response from the Daily Mail, who, as far as I understand, was the first to publish this photo and claim definitively that it was him, at least the first that I saw, maybe somewhere earlier. Mm. But I guess that's, you know, that's not him, according to at least the ATF. But <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to take the ATF's word for it on that one. But what did he say about this uh, Reddit AMA? Yeah, yeah, that was the other thing. Recall he had said uh, he did a Reddit AMA last year, 2020, and he had said that at Waco, the Branch Davidians used two 50 cal rifles to shoot down two Texas Air National Guard helicopters, which was just an incredible claim because. <laughs> There were no downed helicopters. This wasn't Black Hawk Down. It wasn't Mogadishu. It was bad, but they weren't RPGing helicopters out of the sky or 50 caling helicopters out of the sky. <clears throat> oh, there um, it is. Yeah, not not bad. Second. 50 minutes in, first voice clear. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Second voice clear. Well, first after the intro. Yeah. <laughs> now, according to a House report, the Branch Davidians did shoot at three helicopters hitting the helicopters but injuring nobody and the helicopters not downing the helicopter yeah. made the decision to land yeah and and that's what david chipman's uh walk back was during the hearings he says i should have said that they were forced down by gunfire which some people still might dispute the term forced down but 
closer to the truth, it would seem. And the other thing he, his his clarification here doesn't speak to at all is his claim in that AMA that there were 50 caliber rifles shooting helicopters. I've been digging into this. I've found conflicting claims, both of which have citations to government reports. So <laughs> decide who you believe. But a claim, this is according to uh, one government report, a claim by the ATF that the Branch Davidians fired a 50 cal uh, round prior to the ATF fire, uh, firing tear gas and incendiary devices at the occupied structure. No 50 caliber rifles were reported recovered after the ATF siege in Waco. This is according to this house report that I referenced. And even that the report there is they shot a 50 caliber rifle at the ATF. Generally, it's not a claim that they shot a helicopter. Right. And then this report says they didn't even recover a single rifle, a 50 caliber rifle. However, there were claims that the Branch Davidians had two of them. And I do a little bit more digging. Again, a citation to a, a government report. This one from the uh, an AG report in 2012 that claims the Texas Rangers, so Texas law enforcement, recovered two 50 caliber rifles. So who knows? But again, neither of those say that they shot 50 caliber rifles at helicopters, which was mm. David Chipman's original claim. And whatever happened, I think it's highly unlikely that they had these rifles, but they weren't recovered because of the fire, because there were dozens and dozens of other weapons recovered in the wreckage, including 88 AR-15 lowers. Maybe the fire got really hot just on the 50 caliber rifles. But I don't Liar. know. I, he's, it seems like he was bullshitting a lot about about the uh, Waco 50 cal helicopter incident. You 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 decide for yourself about the photo. Um, now, as far as. um this guy's prospects at actually becoming ATF director better than I thought better than I'd hoped. In fact, the white house believes they have 50 to 52 votes for Chipman with Kamala Harris breaking a tie if needed. Now it's not clear according to this New York times report that Democrats have the necessary votes to get him out of this judiciary committee without resorting to procedural maneuvers is what is what the report says. I'm not keen and techie enough on Senate procedure to know exactly what they're referencing there but assuming they get him out of committee um they probably will have the votes in the full senate because you have your two swing democrats joe manchin and chris uh kirsten cinema and they've told democratic leaders that they're they're likely to vote for chipman this was before the hearing but the hearing was short he didn't really say anything that would probably nuke his chances to them to me, his, that should have nuked his chances to any real American who values the Second Amendment. But to your average Democrat, probably not. Um, and then you also have to factor in wishy-washy Republicans. You have Susan Collins and Patrick Toomey. Uh, both have not ruled out supporting Chipman. So between those, you got to even if even if Chipman were to lose a Democrat or two Democrats, you still have two soft Republicans who could make it up for him. And then you have Kamala Harris cackling all the way to uh, <laughs> set up plans to rage your have, have David Chipman and company come raid your house for your AR 15s. Um, I, I would say uh, it, if this is of concern to you, and I think it should be, even if you're not a gun person, just as a property rights person, you need to contact your Senator and you need to let them know that you oppose this guy's nomination. And um, as we've been saying for the past year plus, 
if you have been on the fence about buying firearms, particularly of, uh, say, an AR-15 variety or others, uh, you, you should you should make those purchases because the market might get crazy very soon. And I'm not just talking about lowers. Uh, if this guy gets his way, it's not clear that you could buy the parts in the future and have them sent to your house easily. Like this guy is a lot closer than he should be in any sensible America. So yeah, I'd be buying a sensible country anymore. Yeah. Everybody needs to take their guns out on a boat and have a boating accident and then report said boating accident and all weapons that were lost. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of those coming up soon, but man, I, I, I sort of wrote this guy off as a joke uh, originally. And here we are. He's facing a very real prospect at confirmation. Hopefully something intervenes, but we shall see. All right. We are due for a break. We'll talk about the San Jose shooting afterward, but let's catch up on some chats and I will open up the D live treasure chest here. Thank you guys for hanging out over there. Hold and Mulberry High Truth Seekers, have you been following the Silver Squeeze? God bless. A little bit since you brought it up last time, and I'm just going to hold on to my silver. Just keep holding on to my silver and yeah, my Bitcoin, I, I guess. I think, I think we were talking about that on Wednesday, right? Yeah. yeah any non-cash asset, I'm intrigued, even if it's yeah. um, actual piles of shit that I can burn for warmth. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Not the dollar. Painfully volatile piles of shit and check every day and realize you've either gained or lost tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> David yeah. Blackstone, John Cena is the absolute worst example of sucking up to China. We've seen in a long time, dude, these are the Colin show questions. That's why they sound familiar. Did it not? Yeah. Yeah. Did it not switch to your, your labels of when they came in? Uh, nope, but here we go. Oh, you got it. Okay. Sorry, Holdman Mulray is the first one here, too. Um, Mrs. M and I live in San Jose. She wanted me to comment on how honorable, efficient, and courageous our first responders were Wednesday a.m. Not one officer hesitated to enter the building and many lives were spared. He also said, I was just given a new firearm, excited about it, and would love to elaborate, but I just learned that it is a deeply personal topic and can't talk about it. God bless you both. <laughs> Especially not if David Chipman is listening. And he is. But yeah, we'll, we'll, get to that, we'll get to that topic right after this. And that's the thing that um, I think is the biggest takeaway in that story is you can have law enforcement perfectly capable and quick to respond pretty much right across the street. They can't save you if you're the guy that the crazy person comes for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are your own first and last line of defense. We're going to talk about this in a second, but do you know what the racist comments were? I couldn't find them anywhere. No, I'm curious because I wanted, he was in trouble at work for being racist, but I, I want yeah. to know what was said. And they, they said it was released in some kind of report, the access to which I was never. Damn it. Gain, so, yeah. That's always the biggest um, question, whether it's hoax hate or uh, disciplinary hearing at work. If there's I an know. accusation of racism, it's like, I got to know what it was. It's probably I funny. Yeah. I got to know what it was. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's funny. <laughs> Eric Burns Marsh. To those who made the ultimate sacrifice and their families, thank you. To the politicians who launch illegal wars while cutting veterans benefits, go to the Hague and go to hell. Fairly yes, stated, uh, sure. It is fairly stated. Uh, mostly peaceful gun owner. I came to this channel for Matt's reasonable Rona takes, but I'm staying for Blonde's voodoo toe. No update on that. Damn, you're leaving everyone hanging. I know, uh, by their toes. She's only open two days a week. It's been really hard to get a hold of her. <laughs> Boogeyman 917. President Creep likes them young. He does indeed. Uh, Jeffrey O'Neill. 
Greetings from Melbourneistan. Day four of the fourth lockdown renamed circuit breakers. The moral short-armed crowd demanding the government help those without an income. Why did this just... Uh, didn't oh, uh, didn't they for lock down for like... Charity. Didn't they lock down for like four cases or something? Yeah. Something, something insane. That might have been New Zealand, but it, it was not a notable number of cases. It's hmm. This whole thing's retarded. I bought PN. I don't know if Demolition Man is on your movie list, but it should be. His contribution is earmarked for duct tape and anti-frog spray. Thank you so much for the donation. Mm. We really appreciate it. Thank you. The Cardinal. Congratulations to George Floyd on his one year of sobriety. (laughs) I know you didn't make that up because somebody dropped it into our live chat on Wednesday. And they didn't make it up either. I have heard that one, but it's one of those jokes. I don't care how many times I hear it. It's a good one. I don't know what this next one means. Okay, Eric Burns Marsh. Blonde, what's your take on men who use Alex Rodriguez blur stick? What is that? I don't know. I can look it up. Is it man makeup? It might. It sounds like something like that. He has a Saggy. new beauty line about the rise of men's makeup. You're right, but I don't know anything about it. It looks. It looks like maybe he's trying to conceal imperfections in the skin. Homosexual? No, uh, absolutely. Didn't not. he take no. steroids? Like, <laughs> I, I made really, his balls uh, tiny, and now he's. Screwed. I have to take care of myself, but uh, I'm also shooting up. You know. <laughs> Pep says, happy Memorial Day, Matt and Blonde. I hope the day finds you both well. Well, thank you very much. We're doing well. Hope you are as well. Drew says, Matt, please give me your large caulking gun. <laughs> Blonde, you too. Matt, I'm a doctor. And when I get colds, I also lose my smeller. It totally <sighs> could be. It was not the same this time. Um, like I said, it was it was specific tastes and smells that I lost. I couldn't smell an air freshener again. Like for my car, I opened it up. I straight up shoved it up my nose. I got nothing. Yeah. But then I could taste uh, other foods later on. So it's not quite as bad. I can't read the rest of this. Drew. This is really bad. Um, But oh. yeah, I've actually never had that phenomenon outside of having the coronavirus in my entire life. So the weirdest thing. Yeah. Uh, Chris to the J sitting down with a glass of wine while watching a terrific podcast. Probably the best you can ask anyone after nine hours driving this weekend to introduce family to my girlfriend. A wonderful but busy weekend. I hope they liked her. Yeah, congratulations. It's always a big move. Uh, let's circle back. All right, let me uh, check in on DLive, Trovo, and Tippy Stream, then we'll get to the San Jose shooting. Uh, Chubby Stubby, Chubby Stubby over in Trovo, gifting subs. Appreciate that. And we are good over on DLive. Thank you guys for supporting the show over there. Uh, tippy stream. Let me refresh. Always impossible to read tippy stream. Always making me look like a complete idiot. Tippy stream. Here we go. Uh, Captain Norway says, since Matt can't read these. Exactly. I'll keep it short. I love you. You're very special. Well, Aww. so are you. We, we appreciate it. Thank you. We love you. You're very special. Phil says, our tolerance and goodwill toward our enemies will be our undoing. The well-wishing from jogger critics toward joggers <laughs> is has it has problems. Um, she was openly calling for, oh, he's actually talking about the, um, I didn't even get into this story. The Black Lives Matter activist who was shot in London. I think that was breaking maybe last weekend. Last week, yeah. Yeah. So I haven't even looked at the story, but he's saying that she openly called for the enslavement of white people. Is that true? I've I've not heard that. I don't know. Maybe. As far as I understand what happened to her, 
in, if if my understanding is correct, it's somewhat ironic too because it sounds like it was some sort of gang related shooting at a party or something like that. The sort of shooting that is in fact of much greater risk to the black community generally than say a white supremacist attack, yeah. which is what we're always hearing. It wasn't a racially motivated pol- or politically motivated attack. It was just got shot by hanging around with reckless or criminally motivated people who are, might be involved in gangs or drug deals or whatever else. It was. It was representative, as tragic as that is. But we're going to pretend that the big threats are otherwise. Yep. Dildo Swaggins says, This Memorial Day weekend has me thinking about both of my grandfathers who fought the Nazis during World War II. Although I've always been proud of their service and sacrifice, I've come to realize... They fought for the wrong side. We need the fourth right. I was wondering, I was like, okay, oh crap, this is setting up for a joke and I don't know if I should take it or if Blonde's going to take it. And then here comes Dildo Swaggins taking it himself. You know, you're going to have to reconcile with your grandpa, dude. That's all I have to say. When you get to those pearly gates and your grandpa's like, you son of a bitch, absolutely not, thumbs down. You'll know why at that point. It's not my fault. Thank you, Mr. Swaggins. Phil also says, um, suspicious, uh, suspicious people specialize in irreversible change. That is why they push, uh, <laughs> God, yes. dude, this, I, this, this is, this is, this is why people of whom you should be wary have questionable recommendations when it comes to uh oh the man handling, you're not saying anything the handling of infants uh uh the the uh, uh, uh diversity quotas and uh propaganda in favor of diversity quotas they play for keeps our pathological need to be tolerant needs to end well okay thank you right. thank you for bearing with me phil as always but th- <laughs> there is there is truth to that that if you pretend if you live in a morally relevant relativistic world um, where there are no there is no objective morality, there's only different people in different cultures. And the highest form of morality is to treat them all the same and act like we need to welcome all values together as though that's one moral or two functional. Uh, yeah, that that creates problems and you will be effectively <laughs> suicidal by living according to that worldview. You Bo-Safis, know, Pat did famously say that. Did, uh, as in general, George Patton or what did he, I, I don't remember what he said, or I, I don't know if I've that seen we fought for the wrong side. Did he really say that? Yeah. Wow. As in, was it an anti-communist statement or what? Yeah. Yeah. That's what he meant. I have to look at it. Um, Bo Safis says, Hey, Matt and blonde. I don't know if you saw Nick versus Barnes yet, but Barnes has been acting awful this week during the debate. I thought he was a boomer con and his tirades, I think, have been much worse. Still love Viva Fry, uh, but go Wolverines. I did actually, we listened to, um, we did had to, to drive to go see my parents, and we listened to that debate in the car on the way over. What was your and opinion? Have, have you listened to it at all? I have not, no. Um, I would recommend listening to it. I fully expected it to be like, I was worried that it was going to be hostile and annoying. It really was not. It was fairly conducted by both sides. And and it was moderated by Alex Jones, which <laughs> was highly How entertaining. Bizarre. And as someone who's not, both of those guys know a lot about what they're talking about. Nobody right. really got, I didn't feel like anybody got schooled on the facts necessarily. 
Um, so it was really informative and it was, it was done respectfully and it was well moderated. So I'd recommend that anybody who's interested, listen to it to me. Um, I thought both of the guys made good points and I came, I came out identifying most with Alex Jones, who was kind of critical of both guys kind of, uh, uh, recognize the good points made by both guys. And I thought, damn, uh, I guess I'm team Alex on this one, but it's, it's a worthwhile. Listen for anybody who's interested in the debate. And if you're not clear on what the debate is, the, the, the topic of the debate was American support for Israel was the, was what they were debating. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I can see why you might disagree with Barnes. I didn't think he was annoying in the debate at all. I thought he did a great job. Actually. I didn't agree with every point he made, but right. I thought he did a great job in the debate and I haven't, I, I don't know what the Twitter thing is about. Well, I definitely should listen to this. I immediately forgot about it after somebody suggested it on Wednesday. Yeah, it's um, it was well done by everybody involved. I appreciated it. They did they did a good uh, a good good work. Phil says uh, Kamala is just another uh, paper American with no real ties to this country. The fact that she holds any political office here uh, is to it's our shocking. eternal shame. Damn, this one's it getting really spicy is. too. We are we are ruled by questionable characters and the fact that we celebrate it shows how cursed we are yeah when a uh, jamaican lady can claim a jamaican indian lady can claim slavery cred I we've know. really gone awry her family okay. they were slave owners weren't they yeah uh, according to her dad that's what he said Ooh. just a couple more here jacob says clifftop divers to the tune of uh, Treetop Flyers by Jimmy Buffett. I don't know the song, but I'm, sh- I'm sure it would work well. This is the story of the Hart family. A tale of homosexuality went cruising drunk in an SUV. Count them up. Eight fatalities. They were clifftop divers. No survivors. That's pretty Ooh. good. I don't, I don't know the song, but I bet it works. Were they drunk? Uh, there was a whole bunch of substance use. I don't know if it was just drugs or if they drank too. But there was a lot of substance involvement, as I recall. Jacob says, uh, <laughs> can I say carpet munchers? Is that, can yeah, I say that's that? Right. Two carpet munchers get six urban brats. Well, they weren't urban brats. They were uh, import. They were even more exotic. Uh, <laughs> completely certain they won't get fat. Oh, this is just more of the song. <laughs> Stunning and brave and the Snapchat, too much mimosa. They all go splat. They were cliff top divers. No survivors. Now I got to listen oh, to the song. Man. All right. I guess I'm going to, uh, I guess I'm going to meet dildo swaggins in hell after that one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we will uh, circle back for the rest of them at the end of the show. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. And we will, uh, we'll get into the uh, San Jose shooting here. So, what are the facts? And then I have a, a bunch to say about some of the political and media reaction to it. Yep. This gunman who's been identified as Sam Cassidy uh, killed nine colleagues at a light rail yard in Northern California and then shot himself as police arrived. And he did target his victims, which we'll talk about in a second. So it was the um, Santa Clara Valley Transportation Authority in San Jose. And... <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. I'm, he told a local union fish that I'm not going to shoot you. So like people knew that he was there for some targeted assassination. It sounds like he actually went postal. So he was set to attend a work disciplinary hearing for alleged racist comments. And I could not get to this memo and see exactly what he said. So I don't even know if, uh, if this is true. I mean, I'm sure the disciplinary hearing was 
was true because a few years ago when he was trying to get into the Philippines, he had a black memo book um, confiscated and it was packed with all of these notes talking about how he hated his workplace and his coworkers. And it was uh, noted by the Department of Homeland Security. So they were on it. They, they like knew that this guy had a problem, but then they were just like, Oh, do you want to kill any of your colleagues? And he was like, no. And they're like, okay, it's fine. Um, even though it was it was uh, in in the custody of Customs and Border Protection, it's like, all right, you guys didn't do anything about this. So after they read all of this and like, I hate my colleagues, I'm gonna kill my colleagues, blah blah blah. Uh, he was like, I don't have problems with anybody at work, and then I think they just let him go. Yeah. Until he made racist comments and he had a disciplinary hearing, and that's what I pushed assume him, I guess. that this is an unrelated event. This disciplinary hearing, and um, they haven't sta- they haven't assigned a motive yet, right? They've just. They're not saying the disciplinary hearing is the cause, but that that seems so highly coincidental. coincidental. You'd have to. Yeah, he just went postal. He hated his job, hated all the people he worked with. He was a pretty skilled marksman. So he was a VTA employee, obviously, fatally shot his coworkers inside two buildings around the time of a morning shift change. So he was he really did a lot of planning. He was like, all right, Mm -hmm. I I will see the most people that I want to kill during a shift change. So that's what he did. And then he killed himself in front of responding law enforcement agents. Um, They recovered three handguns rather than the two they initially thought that he carried. They were legal. They were registered. And then minutes after uh, authorities were called about these shootings, firefighters were called. I shouldn't be laughing. This is not funny. Um, it's just how methodical he was about this. It's this, incredible. I mean, the story was crazy enough, but what happened at his home is is really bizarre as well. Yeah. Yeah. So firefighters were called to his home in San Jose and detectives said that he had filled a pot on a lit stove with ammunition and surrounded it by accelerants. So it's likely that the ammunition in that pot would have heated to a point where the powders inside detonated and ignited the accelerant. So he he built like a stove bomb to I blow just up don't his house. If his intent was to burn the house, why ammo in the pot? Because I don't know. Maybe he wanted to kill some cops that were yeah, on their I wonder. Way there or or like I that. wonder if he was trying to make it look or sound like a shooting to witnesses. Maybe, it was obviously yeah. some kind of distraction, but. Uh, yeah, the old or he probably the wanted time trick. to get to the place to do the shooting. Yeah. So I just mean, make it I, as crazy as he can, I guess. Well, it probably delayed like 10 minutes. If he would have yeah. started the fire right then, uh, he wouldn't have had as much time probably. And then the police also said that around his house, he had weapons stashed in all sorts of drawers and nooks and crannies in the event that somebody foiled his plot and yeah. came to his house and he had to, you know grab a gun from wherever and stop he it. also had um, Molotov cocktails. They say like he had some yeah. bomb like devices, things they thought were bombs. He had some kind of odd things in his possession, but I always get a kick out of how the arsenal is treated itself odd. He had 12 guns, 25,000 rounds. Now in the good old that, days, that would be called a good start. 25,000 rounds. But these days, yeah. of course that is uh that is a small fortune to be sitting on. But that I, I I always get a kick when that is treated itself as incriminating, as though there aren't thousands right. and thousands of people across the country who aren't in the exact same boat. Now, maybe they don't put ammo on their stove and maybe they don't have Molotovs sitting around and maybe they don't have weird packs of batteries taped together in ways that look like bombs. I'm not saying this guy was sensible. I'm just commenting on the framing of the story that of all the things that he did, it's 12 guns and 25,000 bullets that make him crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, one thing to say about this too, obviously 
Uh, California's high capacity magazine ban did not work. Uh, I, I don't know about you. I didn't see any definitive reporting on what firearms he was using. Three handguns, like like you said, is what I saw. Just saw three handguns, yeah. So I don't know what kind of handguns, um, and I don't know what sort of magazine specifically, but they said he had 32 individual high capacity magazines he was carrying or they found on him. Now in California, anything over 10 is a high capacity magazine. So what is he walking around with? 12s, 15s, who knows? 10 but is a high capacity retarded. 10, over 10. And, and any magazine over 10 in California is banned, at least new purchases of or new manufacturer uh, manufacturing of them. And again, you're telling me that if this guy was carrying 40 10 round mags, he wouldn't have pulled it off just as well. No, it's the fact that he had 32 12 rounders or 32 15 rounders, whatever he had. If only he had been common sense, this all could have been stopped. Or maybe if if there was someone there who's prepared to stop him, maybe they could have. Maybe things would have been different. A coworker witness spoke with an interviewer about what he saw. And how he wishes that he could have handled the situation. A witness says he tried to offer first aid to the victims. There wasn't helping anybody. Um, Sam made sure he got, he killed them all. I watched some of my co-workers breathe their last breath. He was pissed off at certain people. He was angry and he took his vengeance out on very specific people. He shot people, he let others live, he walked by other people as calm as could be. He says a thought came to mind when he was hiding during the shooting. Cowering in fear and realizing me and my coworker were like, we're not allowed to conceal carry. We're not allowed to carry guns and we could have stopped what that person was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the argument, man. Whenever people say, oh, what do you think? You're going to be the hero and stop a crazed person? Or what do you think? You're going to yes. fight the government? I-, I hope that I can try. Can I promise that I'll succeed and save the day for everybody? I can't. But the point is, this was the this was the realization that I had when I'm watching the, the Christchurch mosque shooting. I don't know if I'll be able to stop someone like that, <clears throat> but I will never be on, excuse me, be on my knees begging for my life like I witnessed in that video. Mm-hmm. He might kill me, but I am not getting down on my knees and begging for a crazy person to spare me. That's exactly and if the, the media experience would cover he's talking some about. of these stories uh, in more detail where people uh, do stop mass shooters with their with their registered firearms, like um, the Texas case, the, the church shooting years ago. Right. They hardly that, covered that, that at all. That delightful Santa Claus man. I wish yeah, I could I credit him properly. But yeah. Um, and it, it does happen more frequently than um, than is reported, certainly. And I don't know what the policy of this workplace was in California. I'm guessing it was, you know, guns not permitted, gun-free zone, but I don't know that with certainty. doesn't really matter because California generally and Santa Clara County specifically are effectively gun-free zones for concealed carry purposes anyway, at least legally. California generally is a may-issue state. What that means is if you apply to the sheriff for a concealed carry permit, they may issue one, not shall issue or are required to they may issue one if you can demonstrate or prove to the sheriff that you are of good moral character and that good cause exists for the issuance of the license in other words you need to prove to the sheriff that you have some compelling need in the judgment of the sheriff for it and even if you were successful in doing that the santa clara county sheriff in particular says hey listen 
we've had so many people apply because of, you know, how crazy our plans to defund the police and our insane crime rates are going that we have such a huge backlog. If you apply, it's going to take a hell of a long time. And also don't bother calling us because we can't give you a status update. If you apply, we may issue, we may issue you a concealed carry permit on an indefinite timeline, but you know, don't hold your breath and odds are probably higher that you're going to get shot in a mass shooting. than we'll actually give you the permit. And of course, what would happen? Let's say this guy was a legal concealed carry holder, a permit holder in California and shot Sam Cassidy dead on the spot. What's the likelihood that he's prosecuted for murder? I yeah, bet pretty really. high. I, like He could have just he, conclusively, provably shot a mass shooter, stopped him in his tracks. California prosecutor probably still goes after him. Yeah. Yikes. And what would you do in that situation? I hope that I would be the kind of person uh, that would that would attempt to stop this, but I probably would hide. <laughs> it also depends situationally. Like, do you have a clear exit? Yeah. And can you just leave or are you trapped? Those are different circumstances. I've always thought um, it would de- it would depend for me too. like, am I by myself? Am I with my wife? Like if I'm with my wife, I'm getting her out of there first and foremost. If it's just me, I would hope that if I had the ability to stop a guy like that, I might take some unnecessary, take some extra steps to try to intervene. Um, yeah. It just depends situationally. But of course you hope that you have the courage to do what the situation demands. Um, but yeah, that, but that is, that is the reality when this sort of situation presents itself, somebody of courage is going to have to stop it. Now the police can do that, but the police aren't superhuman. They exist in police cars and at Mm -hmm. police uh, department offices. They're not everywhere all the time. If a mass shooter comes in into your office and says, it's time for you to die. The odds that a, even the, the best police officer in the entire country can somehow dive a mile from a mile away to stop the bullet that's coming to hit you are not very good. So that means you're going to have to be prepared and respond on your own behalf. But this was, this is the understated part of the story that um, I thought was um, really interesting in this exchange on the today show. So you can see on this map here, it's not the best map, but you get the idea. The VTA light rail facility where the shooting took place is inside of a half mile away from the Santa Clara County Sheriff's office. And there's also San Jose police here. So we're talking a block or blocks for the police officers to get there. And my understanding is they did arrive uh, basically on an immediate timeline. We're talking minutes. He still killed nine people in that in that time frame. And you got Savannah Guthrie on the Today Show asking the sheriff in Santa Clara County, you guys arrived pretty much immediately and he still killed nine people. What do you make of that? Your office, the sheriff's office, the police officers are essentially right across from this maintenance yard. And they they got there in a matter of moments. And yet in a matter of moments, nine people were killed. What do you make of that? Yes. Well, I think he was very deliberate, very fast. He knew where employees would be. We were there just within a few minutes. But I really credit the officers from San Jose Police Department and the sheriff's office deputies who confronted the suspect very quickly. Yeah. The lack of self-awareness here is remarkable. I I have no doubt that those police officers did what they had to do to the best of their ability. I'm not even taking shots at them. They can't intervene that quickly. If he if he decides to come after you, it's on you to protect yourself. Right. But we'll never acknowledge that because that would mean that maybe people ought to have firearms of their own to do that. 
Maybe this guy shouldn't be so confident that he can just stroll into his place of work and unload on people and have right. conversations saying, don't worry, I'm not going to kill you. He shouldn't have You're time fine. to have You're that cool. conversation because someone should have a gun in his face pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. In a just world, that would be the case, but not in this one. Instead, you have to say, hold on, you jerk. This is a gun-free zone and the police are going to be here shortly. So you sit right there. <laughs> Think about what you've you done. cross your arms. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, th- th- that's all I have on the San Jose shooting. Do you have anything else on it? No, I mean, uh, typically with these shootings, the person is just so well-prepared. So well-prepared. Well, and you got you kind of got to assume that sometimes mass shooters are just indiscriminate. But if someone is in the state of mind where they're so pissed off that they're literally going to go on a rampage of killing people, they've probably thought out the reasons why. Probably thought out the strategy a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, he in, to, in 2016, he was talking about how much he hated his colleagues. So he's been thinking about doing this every day that he uh, goes to sleep. He's mapping out the layout of the office and thinking about where he would go in, how long he has before police arrive, where the police station is, the distance yeah. from the police station to the, I mean, he, he's thinking about this every day for at least five years. I, I bet that's part of the home scheme is he knows how close the police officers are. So he's got to have some kind of distraction to buy any. That's why he, that's why he did the detonating device on his stove. Right. Like he, he probably thought about that strategically. I know they're going to be there shortly. Even if I can buy a couple minutes, that's a value to me. Hmm. Mm. Anyway. Okay. I want to talk about the, the latest in uh, lab leak gate or even, wow. I don't even like the term lab leak. Cause I think we're going to get getting to the... proven. Right. Uh, <laughs> Again, you, you Susan, really are. everything discussed in this segment is fan fiction. It's about a hypothetical novel totally. I'm going to create in which coronavirus is intentionally released from a lab, which certainly didn't mm-hmm. happen. But that's why I don't like the term lab leak. It's not that I think that a leak is impossible here. It's just. As, as we'll get to in a minute, the idea that an intentional release is off the table is itself not yet concluded. So right. lab origin, let's use that term lab origin gate. And it's suddenly OK to talk about a theoretical lab origin of coronavirus. And Susan, I'm pretty sure we'll even allow at least that because our media and science and expert overlords have suddenly declared it acceptable. And the question is why? Because not that much has changed. Uh, The evidence for the lab origin has really always been out there. None of it is really new except for newly um, declassified U.S. intel saying that lab workers in Wuhan at the virology lab were sick in November 2019. But as far as I understand, we already had some reports of that, not necessarily U.S. intelligence, but reports of that. So none of this stuff is really new. Why is it that it's okay to talk about it now? Now, here's one idea. Maybe there's some information coming out there. Maybe there's going to be some additional evidence coming out shortly. People are getting out ahead of it to say, oh, yeah, we've been uh, we've been yeah. open to this idea for weeks now. And here it is, the smoking gun. And they're starting to throw Fauci under the bus because he is mm. somehow involved with this. <laughs> There are wrinkles. There are pages we have not yet turned, I believe, for sure. And um, and I'm not saying that this report is going to be that. I just think that there's got to be a reason why suddenly it's okay to talk about these things. Compelling evidence short to come out would be one explanation. Now, maybe this will be it. Maybe not. But the Daily Mail is reporting uh, that they have a copy of a soon to be released study authored by a British professor and a Norwegian scientist. And the study claims that there's evidence to show that Chinese scientists created the virus while working on gain of function research at the Wuhan lab. 
Now, gain of function research, as has been mentioned frequently in uh, in the development of this story, it's the manipulation of naturally occurring uh, animal viruses to make them more transmissible to humans. So uh, in that theme, these researchers say Chinese scientists took a natural coronavirus backbone. So a natural coronavirus structure found in Chinese cave bats and spliced in a new spike creating the COVID-19 virus. So they took a naturally existing bat virus. They manipulated it in the lab and it escaped or it was released. That's, that's the theory or they, they claim they have evidence to support that idea. And the researchers concluded this in part because COVID-19, the COVID-19 virus, according to them has no credible natural ancestor. These researchers believe that the Chinese mm. scientists reverse engineered versions of the virus to cover their tracks, which if that's the case, the leak mm. thing is highly dubious to me too. Again, if this is shown to be true, but you don't reverse engineer and track cover something that you accidentally let out. Right. That's not what happened if, uh, if they're right. Yeah. So, they would just tell people, right? Yeah. It, it implies a plan is, is mm-hmm. what all that effort implies. And uh, we shall see the paper is set to be published in the quarterly review of biophysics discovery uh, reported at least according to this report, um, slated for publication in the coming days. So we should find out more very soon. Now, this uh, was interesting, too. Uh, This this week, it was widely reported, oh, Biden is all up. He's about this lab origin theory. Biden has authorized a new investigation to look in part at the possibility that the virus came from the Wuhan lab. And he wants a report on his desk in 90 days. I found out about this on NBC News uh, morning uh, program. In, on, on Thursday, this was uh, part of their reporting. A once controversial theory on the origins of COVID-19 now gaining ground. Experts in the Biden administration are now actively considering the possibility, once dismissed, that COVID may have been accidentally leaked from a Chinese lab. In a statement, the president saying the intelligence community has coalesced around two likely scenarios. First, that the virus arose from human contact with an infected animal. And second, that it resulted from a laboratory accident. Okay, but again, why now? What changed? And then I heard more about this story and they really chopped off an important piece of it. And that is it was reported by CNN on Wednesday that there was an investigation into the Wuhan lab as the origin of coronavirus led by Mike Pompeo and the prior administration uh, State Department. But Joe Mm. Biden and company shut down the investigation over concerns that the evidence was of poor quality. Uh Uh-huh. That's why. And then when that's reported, suddenly Joe Biden kicks it into gear and he's serious (laughs) about this and he wants an investigation right now. They don't tell you that he shut down an investigation months ago. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. What leadership to get an investigation and a report in 90 days. More than 90 days ago, he stopped people from looking at this. And the concerns about the quality of the evidence, the evidence is largely the same today that it was as it was back, back then. then. So what the hell changed? And um, we, we really might be sitting, uh, seriously, we might be sitting on one of the most stunning media failures or perhaps deliberate propagandizing or just... Definitely uh, deliberate propagandizing. Yeah, redirection. Fauci is going to be somehow linked to this and that that's why it's changing. That's why the media mm. narrative is changing. We'll see in like two weeks that he funded this somehow. He was involved in some creation of some law, bypassing of some existing law to get this done and that it was leaked on purpose. 
That was um, that was a great Babylon B headline this week that I wish I had in front of me to give proper credit, but it was something to the the picture was Doctor Fauci sitting at a microscope, and he said, um, "I'll show them they'll never make fun of me again." Says Doctor Fauci, engineering new virus to get back at critics, <laughs> something like that. It's a great one. Uh, anyway, so we we might be looking at one of the biggest, either the big. Biggest example of media malice or kindly biggest example of media botchery and incompetence uh, ever, really, uh, depending on how this develops. But of course, don't count on these people to own up to their own botchery or their own malice. Uh, Who else are they going to blame for their own lack of curiosity and coverage on this issue? Who else are they going to blame but Trump? Because everyone knows that Trump lies and Trump is racist. So we all at the media just assumed that it was another racist lie and we didn't look into it. Uh, This is Maggie Haberman over at the New York Times and Sarah Haynes at ABC making similar comments this week. And look, I do think it's important to remember that part of the issue when this was first being reported on and discussed back a few months after the pandemic had begun was that then President Trump and Mike Pompeo, uh, the uh, secretary of state, both suggested they had seen evidence that this was formed in a lab. And they also suggested it was not released on purpose, but they refused to release the evidence showing what it was. And so because of that, that made this instantly political. I think that it was, you know, example 1000 when the Trump administration learned that when you have burned your own credibility over and over again, people are not immediately going to believe you, especially in an election year. When that theory came out that it could have come from a lab, it came out under the former administration. And I think the messenger matters. I think during that time when that theory started to be told, it was buried in an administration and a former president who often kind of troped in uh, kind of racist terms and dog whistles. And so it buried the message that could have been actually reasonable, but no one was going to hear it because it came from under Trump's administration. I thought it was don't shoot the messenger. I thought that was the wisdom. <laughs> Man. Now it is. Yes, do. And they... It's a tacit admission of doing a shit job. What you're saying is if Trump says it, I just conclude the opposite and never inquire. I never look into it. What never the hell is your job? Never shut down all investigations. Yeah, this is exactly your job. Uh, it's just counteractivism just and they're acknowledging it, but they're not, they're not even being open about that. They're trying to, they're just trying to blame Trump. If Trump wasn't racist and was actually credible, maybe we would have looked at it. But it's your job to look for evidence in all circumstances, whether you're politically sympathetic to the person making the claim or not. They're just admitting they're doing a shit job and they don't care. Spe- speaking of tacit admissions of doing a shit job, uh, Facebook, a similar reversal this week. They will al- again allow you to talk about lab origin on their platform since February, Facebook has made any lab origin claims uh, labeled them as misleading information. They've slapped them with fact checks and, and just outright banned them in many cases. And of course, what's the tacit admission here in reversing the policy. Facebook is acknowledging that they themselves pushed misinformation for months. Yeah. Are they going to fact check themselves? Is Mark Zuckerberg going to get the little disclaimer under his face? They delete themselves off the internet. Uh, just, just, completely frustrating how long do you think it will be until we have evidence of an intentional release we're getting there and uh it's been all the information that's been coming out i 
it's been fascinating to me and it, and it should be it, don't get me wrong it's totally frustrating and i think our country has been conned possibly in the most serious most ridiculous uh, most serious most ridiculous way in the history of the country it's it's um i'm enraged but at the same time the layers of deception here are so fascinating that as more information comes out i i just enjoy learning about it and talking about it as strange as that is but mm, it is still our fault though we allowed ourselves to be duped at the highest level i mean not me never <laughs> us most of us never Obviously. us we were there for like never a month, our listeners probably. just you yeah. know masked idiots out there masked angry eyebrows npcs yeah. okay but you're exactly right that i don't think we're anywhere near the end of this i think that i think again speculating susan i think it'll come out more conclusively that it came from the wuhan lab but it'll go beyond that and hypothetically susan in this fan fiction that i'm working on and it's certainly not a real life scenario but in this fan fiction novel It'll turn out to be an intentional lab release, and it will be revealed that you, the American taxpayer, paid for it. And I did a solo video about that this week with uh, Fauci's reversal on that question. Fauci is now acknowledging that he can't guarantee that no U.S. funds went to gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab. In fact, there's plenty of reason to believe that it did specific trackable grant money. You can see the video that I posted on Friday for all the explanation and detail on that. And and the next question is, okay, how realistic is the intentional release? Even that CNN uh, anchor who was talking to Maggie Haberman says, okay, well, now we're talking about lab origin. And don't get me wrong, the crazy people are calling it a, a bioweapon. Nobody's, no serious person is talking about that. We're just talking about lab origin. Okay, watch lab origin jump to intentional release. So much so that even the the Biden administration is open to the the idea of intentional uh, release. Diversity hire Jen Psaki filled in this week and um, answered a reporter's question about it. Another question on uh, COVID. Uh, the language that you all use specifically mentioned an accident. Does that mean that uh, you've ruled out or the IC has ruled out that it was uh, deliberate or not an accident? We haven't ruled out anything yet. Um, like, again, we're going to go through this, you know, this redoubling down of another of a 90 day review and we'll have more to share. Redoubling down. <laughs> Recircling back. We'll have to. Yeah do that as well. And I know you don't want to look too much into just a non-committal, non-conclusive statement, but again, just a few weeks ago, a few months ago, any assertion that it was a deliberate release would have been scoffed at and laughed out of the press yeah. briefing room by Jen Psaki and the rest of them. The fact that they're softening on all these things, Fauci softening on funding for gain of function research at the lab, the White House softening on the idea of an intentional release. Again, just read the trajectory of where this is going. We are we're not even close to the end of this ride, and uh, it's going to be ridiculous by the time we get to the full truth of what happened. Speaking of Fauci. Oh, as I mentioned, he's he's not ruling out the uh, gain of function st- uh, funding for the gain of function. But we covered that. Some people have done some digging on Fauci's past claims. And of course, he's had weird statements in the past about Trump will face a pandemic uh, crisis. I'm certain of it. Statements like that that are oddly prophetic and specific. But Fauci, to be as fair as possible, it um, remains to be proven whether he knowingly funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan. That, again, follows the trajectory. There's suspicion there. But it's it's not a proven case yet. But people have been digging into what he said about the issue in the past. Comments from 2012 have resurfaced. And historically, Fauci has been, surprise, surprise, big fan. Big fan of the gain of function research. 
Now, the issue with gain of function research and why it's been banned at times in the U.S. is its risk. So what you're doing when you're doing this gain of function research is creating unnatural or supernatural viruses. So containment obviously has to be perfect because if you're making odd unnatural viruses, you don't want that getting out. It could cause a lot of problems, as might have been the case in this particular episode of World History. In 2012, Fauci wrote how the benefits of gain of function research greatly outweigh the risks. So he said, quote, it is unlikely, but or in an unlikely, but conceivable turn of events. What if uh, what if that scientist or what if that scientist he's speaking hypothetically? What if that scientist becomes infected with the virus, a lab created one, which leads right. to an outbreak and ultimately triggers a pandemic? Scientists working in this field might say, as indeed I have said, that the benefits of such experiments and the resulting knowledge outweighs the risks. It is more likely that a pandemic or is uh, it is more likely that a pandemic would occur in nature and the need to stay ahead of such a threat is a primary reason for performing an experiment that might appear to be risky within the research community. Many have expressed concern that important research progress could come to a halt just because of fear that someone somewhere might attempt to replicate these experiments sloppily. That is a valid concern. So what he's saying is the risk of a natural pandemic is so great that even though it's it's risky to do this gain of function stuff, the treatment prospects that you would gain by doing the lab manipulation is worth it because you'll be able to counter that naturally arising pandemic. Well, unless the viruses you made get out of the the lab and right. you created a pandemic. Whoopsie. And we don't daisy. see any evidence uh, that that it is worth it. We don't see what their gains, what their knowledge gains are throughout this entire process. So why should we even trust them? Yeah, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm hold on. Uh oh, <clears throat> weird one in there. Yeah, I'm not um, aware of exactly what medicinal gains or treatment gains or vaccine gains might have come from gain of function research. It's possible they're out there. That's outside my wheelhouse. But this is just a piece. God, God damn it, Gina. Hold on. It's gone pretty well for a few hours. It's OK. Our. Mm, mm. Okay. Hour 41 in, not bad. I'm uh, made it this far. <laughs> yeah, it's possible that there are benefits out there. I, I'm not aware of them, but th it's just a piece in the, the trajectory of events here. Fauci is a big fan of this thing. He thinks that the benefits greatly outweigh the risks. It just points to, again, a person who might have been willing to fund this sort of thing in compliance or maybe even bending non-compliance with U.S. law. In doing it so i guarantee uh, uh, spoiler alert on my coming fanfic uh, fauci <laughs> made the virus that's where i've gone beyond <laughs> intentional release i've gone for my for my book release it's beyond intentional release that we paid for now it's fauci did it himself that'll yeah, be I don't the think final he's capable of chapter. doing that what is his official title is he an immunologist uh professionally i don't know uh for the government he runs the uh national infectious uh national institute of allergy and infectious diseases god he's 80 Ugh. Yeah, he actually looks pretty good for his age then good for him i don't think he's an immunologist i don't know i don't know what his um, medical credentials oh, yes are. he is yeah he's an immunologist but okay. he's not a virologist i suppose 
He's an expert that counts. That's that much I've been told. Somebody just asked if we're feeling vindicated. Yes, sort of. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) It's unsatisfying because I really thought people would uh, see what's going on by now. Even, even we definitely haven't been right about everything. And I don't think that I'm right about everything. I'm forecasting hypothetically here either. Uh, And even if it's the sort of thing you don't want to be right about, like, is it fun to be right about something that ruins your country? No, not really. You'd rather be wrong. Would you though? uh, I, I, what's been done to this country over the last year, I would gladly take being a buffoon with egg on my face for the benefit of the country than. This was not the beginning. This never would have worked on a stable society. People would be like, "Uh, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, They, they seize the day. Yeah. And uh, as you've been saying since the start, it's just disappointing to watch everybody keep bending over for each additional ridiculous demand. Yeah. All right. Hoax hate time. All right. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? I'll be quick here because I want to leave enough time for the Terminator review. But earlier this month, two black Penn State professors reported seeing a noose in a tree behind their house, just like uh, Bubba Wallace, just like the Amazon incident we've been covering in the last few weeks. These professors believed that the noose was deliberately placed on the tree to harass them. Uh, And weirdly, I've looked at a few different reports of this story. None of them actually mention the names of these professors. The fact that they share a home, or at least they're implied to to me implies that they're a married couple or something similar. Mm. Anyway, before the investigation was ever conducted, Penn state university president, Eric Barton condemned the act of hate saying the incident underscores the importance of the school's anti-racism work. And then, um, police actually investigated and they spoke to the neighbor and, uh, turns out it's not a noose. It was part of a swing set that had been discarded into the woods by the neighbor's child. This child said he had thrown the length of rope into the woods just to get rid of it. It was broken or it was part of his swing set. doesn't really matter. Just a reminder. These are college professors. It'll cost you potentially six figures to get your kid indoctrinated by these buffoons who see a piece of a child's swing set in their neighborhood and think they are at risk of existential extermination. (laughs) Good one. Yeah. I I think um, more of the backwards swastika theme. I think you'll appreciate this one. Oh, this is the worst swastika. Not that I've ever seen it. It's it's pretty bad though. For it's a second I was like, "Oh, it's not so bad." And then I was like, "Wait a second, that's all wrong." It's the swastika's broken. There's a cartoon character. We'll, we'll Is there is that it. a dick next to it? I will explain. I it is not a it is not a penis, actually. Oh. At least that is not the intent. Not penis for sure. In Spring Lake, North Carolina, an auto repair shop kept ha- uh, kept having cars smashed up and graffitied. So the owner installed security cameras, and even though the graffiti was designed to look like the calling card of Nazis and KKK members, it turns out that is not who is behind the crime. The owner of this auto repair shop at Spring Lake says this is video of a crime in progress. Thomas Hainsworth put up security cameras yesterday. He says for the past three weekends, someone has been vandalizing vehicles at his lot on Highway 210. 
Last night, the cameras caught two men rummaging through several vehicles. The owner thinks they were trying to steal cars. Seems like they were trying to, same with this vehicle here. They were trying to hotwire it or something. Could you see them looking on their phone, probably trying to find YouTube of how to crank the vehicle. But this, like I said, this one don't crank, that one does. But I guess they couldn't figure out how to do it. The owner thinks this handsaw and tire tool were used to break glass and scratch car windshields. The graffiti we showed yesterday is still there on is. vehicles, but this is new damage from last night. And the investigators came out last night, and you know, this could have been some of the evidence right here. We're told that this was inside one of the vehicles, and the individuals were seen on camera actually smoking this blunt right here. Uh, yes, discount cigars, also the calling card of Nazis and KKK members. Black and Miles? Yes. Two kinds of people smoke Black and Miles. Really old Korean ladies and black people. That's it. It would appear that, at least in this case, that theory is correct. Uh, just to be clear on what happened, uh, these guys, I guess, are trying to steal cars or any valuables from this, this guy's car lot. But they can't figure out how to hotwire, so they just paint broken swastikas and KKK hoods to cover their tracks. And to your question on what that thing on the right is, it's when I saw it, I thought, is that supposed to be a KKK hood? Other stories make reference. Yes. KKK symbolism and <laughs> Nazi symbolism. Of course, the swastika is broken, too. But that's supposed to be a guy in a hood. Not a dick. What? Yeah. Two eyes no. and a hood. That's what that's supposed oh. to be. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or maybe it's a penis with an extra pee hole. I don't know. You decide. <laughs> I was I, like, I, why, why the emphasis on the balls if that's a penis? Oh, those are the, oh, I see. Those are the, that's weird. I, that's, you're going oh, with the pointy I end see. is the, I, okay. I gotcha. I see. It's a KKK now. guy in a hood. That's what they're going for. And yes, um, just in case you needed confirmation, the two seen on camera are the two that, who, uh, that were arrested later in the week. Two black teenagers uh, charged in connection with the crime. Investigators believe they are the same individuals responsible for spray painting racist graffiti on the vehicles in previous weeks. Authorities no. have not released the names of the juveniles, but they tell local media that they plan to charge these teens as adults. All right. And this isn't... um. <clears throat> Ugh, hold on, hold on. You can do it. Home stretch. I believe in you. I believe in you. We're getting toward that part of the show. <laughs> this isn't hoax hate. It it really happened. <clears throat> I couldn't stop laughing when I saw this. Carry me through for a second. I'm struggling here. <gasps> okay, so this actually wasn't Walmart. This was um. It, it, it had the appearance of an official account, but it really wasn't. So dozens of people say they received this email from from Walmart's official account. And I looked at the email. It did look pretty official, but it's, it actually had nothing to do with Walmart. It looked good. They did. A, it is from their. God damn it. It is from their system. Yeah. So it kind of is from Walmart, but the person who did it is not Walmart. Yeah. Uh, the header of the email reads, welcome to Walmart. N-word. <laughs> Walmart says they are shocked and appalled to see these offensive and unacceptable emails. Hilarious. Um, and they think that an external bad actor created false Walmart.com accounts with real email addresses to offend customers. This is this is just the creme de la creme of of hate. I, I love this. This made me laugh all week. Well done. So some guy just takes existing email addresses, signs you up for a Walmart.com account, and you get an email that says, 
Hello, N-word. Welcome to Walmart. It's a funny internet trolling idea, I guess. But Walmart is pledging to hold the person or persons accountable um, oh, with cares? all available means, which I'm sure means once the FBI is done with the Capitol riot investigation, they'll <sighs> be bringing the full force of the feds to this one because we have nothing more more important to worry about. Man. Okay. Let's talk about Terminator and then we will uh, close the show with Super Chats. But uh, as we do each and every week, tell me why you picked Terminator. Uh, Terminator's a a classic film. It has the right combination of action and Arnold Schwarzenegger's swinging ween and naked bod. And it, it's just, um, it, it's also a, an excruciatingly human tale about what happens when you allow the ease of mechanisms to kind of uh, take over what humanity should be doing. Hmm. And also when you give the government too much power. And so I was, I was thinking you would, you would like it because of that. Um, Yes. Obviously my opinion is more positive than negative. Although I just have a really, there are things I love about this movie and things I absolutely hate, but I, I know as, the graphics are really bad, but, but they're kind of endearing in yeah. how well, hilarious they are. As cool as the concept was, it is somewhat confusing. Don't get me wrong. I really like the concept, but as I, as what I summarized Hold on, a, a, uh, a robot Arnold Schwarzenegger jogger travels back from the future to stop some other guy from the future from banging the chick who births the guy who stops Arnold's robot army back in the future. 84. I thought it was later than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I do think the story is is very cool. And I, I, I'm someone who's always appreciated butterfly effect or time travel or just the idea of if you could go change an event in history to achieve a different outcome, would you do it? How would you do it? And what would be the effect? I love that kind of thinking. And this movie does it well. And one thing that I appreciated about it is usually that concept is applied to a good guy. Like I'm a good, I'm, I'm going to go back and kill baby Hitler to save the world. Right. I'm going to do something good to achieve a good outcome. Mm -hmm. This was cool because it was a villain. It was a villain trying to end humanity by going back in the past and killing the chick who births the guy who stops him in the future. It's a cool concept. And I like that, but there were, there were some points of confusion to me that I probably would have been a little more critical of as a standalone movie, but I'm being gentle with because I have a feeling that these are questions that are going to be answered as part of a franchise. And that seems like the intent, but for example, if Kyle uh, travels back in the past and dies, then how the hell is he in the future to see the photo that Sarah took thinking about his death? That's a pretty good point. Does that, (laughs) I hope that gets explained. We don't need spoilers, I guess, but something like that, was hard we, to wrap my got, mind around. I'm sure the audience but, will vote for Terminator 2 when the possibility arises, which I actually think it's on this week's list. It's up this or week, this, which, okay. yeah, we'll get to in a minute. Um, another question. If Sarah knows about the robot war future, does she then get humanity to prepare? And if so, wouldn't that affect or change the robot war future? You know, I can't answer any of these questions. I, yeah, I'm not necessarily at, at asking for confirmation. Just things I'm thinking about that, Standalone, I would have been a little more critical of, but I, I'm, I like the concept still, and I think it's going to get ironed out a little bit more. So I'm being kind on those points. Um, loved the scene with Arnold Schwarzenegger, or the, you know, the Terminator at the gun shop, and California gun laws don't stop, don't stop him. I, it's a 15 day wait on the handguns. Wrong, bang! I loved it, 
absolutely <laughs> loved that scene. Wish Hollywood would extend that logic to the real world, but um, yeah. but it was a great one. I mean, what can I say about the effects? The the someone should have been fired and blacklisted from the industry for the fake Arnold face. Holy shit, was that bad? It, it was a low budge film. Oh, and then. I don't know what they did tech wise to do the animation of the exoskeleton chasing them, but it looked like a flip book type thing. It looked it was pretty bad. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, yeah. And and actually, I can understand because I get it. Low budget, old movie tech limitations. I understand all of that. The one thing that really pissed me off. Maybe this is unfair, but the final scene with Sarah Connor driving off into like the most fake desert landscape I've ever seen. You guys are in L.A. How hard is it to get a real desert landscape in L.A.? What the hell is this? low budget i couldn't believe that and you you gave it a point as a a positive point i suppose maybe you might but uh to me arnold swing and wang was a negative why did i need to see that well i didn't notice when i watched it recently and so i had to i had to look it up yeah it's in the shadows it's you don't you don't see it clearly but it's there uh so people are saying it was stop motion well that's probably why Okay. But didn't it, you find it thrilling? Yeah. And I, like I said, I love the concept. So I'm actually really eager to see where this concept goes as a franchise. And that's why I'm being more positive than negative. I would say if I had the option for half wikis, this probably would have been a three and a half for me. Cause two or uh, cause three feels too low for what's good about this movie. Four feels too high for what's bad, but I'm going to be, uh, I'll round up from the half wiki because that's what we'll do. And and also on the sort of the bet or the faith that some of the things I didn't like are probably going to be ironed out. Like as a, as a stage setter for a franchise, I think it's pretty good. Better than it is as, as a standalone movie. That's my bet. I do prefer Terminator to Terminator 2, which may be an unpopular opinion. Hmm. However, between 1984, although I thought this movie was later, but 1984 and 1991 when Terminator 2 comes out. Uh, there's a tremendous, uh, it's, it's so much better in terms of effects. Like (laughs) it's a lot better. It's not as distracting, but I, I did find the effects in in Terminator to be somewhat endearing and I was able to overlook it because I thought the plot was riveting. I agree. And that's why I gave it a full four wicked. Pretty good. Pretty good. And I think... I think my rating is pretty well aligned with the audience. We still are early in the vote, but a majority of of, uh, audience ratings are for wikis. And there's a strong um, minority, uh, 33% giving it a five wiki rating. So actually the audience scores probably skewed even a little bit higher than I had it. So people are big fans. And nobody gave it a one. Nobody has given it a one yet. So if you hated That's this movie. Everybody loves that movie. Get in there and uh, make your opinion known. Who next up is Terminator. Next up is Groundhog Day, which is going yes. to be. This one's going to be a tough one because uh, I feel like I have to disclose it is among my wife's favorite movies. Oh, it's so fantastic. Yeah. Will that influence my rating? We'll have to see. But I Ironically, know that. Uh, I've seen this movie about 50 times. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad we'll have a comedy in the mix because we haven't had uh, we haven't done that yet. So that'll be fun. And I then hope after you guys that, vote for Sideways. I, I really would love to watch Sideways again. Well, here's some considerations. Um, the no, the nominations for the week after that: Terminator Two, Sideways. Yes. Excuse me. Aliens, Total Recall, and Big Trouble in Little China. Remember, process wise, 
the movies uh, are randomly selected from Blonde's list each week, and then they're voted on. So if you really want to see the Terminator sequel or the Alien sequel, you need to get in there and vote because there's no guarantee that these will even come up for a vote in the coming weeks. So yeah. you want to stick with Terminator? Vote now. Uh, or if you want to stick with with the Alien franchise, vote now because it might be a while before we get an opportunity again. Otherwise, uh, not that I'm trying to sway people in any one direction. I'm just saying process wise, if you want to carry on with the the franchises, we don't know when they'll come back up for the vote. And uh, just a reminder, if you want to submit your own movie re- uh, ratings and, of course, vote for the upcoming movies, you got to visit my weekly movie review on my website. I link it in the description. It's also on the homepage of the website, mattchristiansonmedia.com, where you can find the columns page, mattchristiansonmedia.com slash columns. And that's where you can uh, vote each and every week and tell me in the comments how wrong and stupid I am, which is hilarious. This, this has been working really well, and I've loved the interaction so far. But there's there, nothing is close interaction-wise to the Tremors review, and that's because I just pissed everybody off so much. So I, that was, I wasn't happy about that, yeah. That was a lot of fun. but. Uh, <laughs> We will resume with Groundhog Day next week. Other than that, it is a show. And we'll catch up with our chatters and call it a night. Metal Man says, Jews, this is our holy land. F you. Christians, this is our holy land. F you. Muslims, like Ann Coulter says it. Uh, this is our <laughs> holy land. F you. Me, this place is a shithole. <laughs> uh, I will read that. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think ah. we're safe. Thank you, man. Um, Mo Howard, thanks for the non-propaganda content. You two, we do try. I appreciate that. I, if, if I'm, I hope it's at least counter-propaganda. I'll settle for that. Non-propaganda is ideal, though. That is true. Uh, yeah. Pitu Marcus says, if all goes to plan, I will not need to pay for a Texas LTC, sending you all the found gold to splurge on the littles, which I must be dyslexic because I thought it said titties. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't have it in front of me, so I could not see. But thank you. Appreciate that. We do. Donate 2K. May 28th was the fifth anniversary of the martyrdom of St. Harambe. Tried to save right. the little boy, but gunned down for the effort. Did Nancy Pelosi raise her crumpled face heavenward in mournful thanks? No. Yeah, never forget. And uh, Hillary has not yet been brought to justice for what she did to that beautiful ape. Whose life was more valuable? Harambe or George Floyd? I want everybody oh to think about it. Harambe was trying to save a little kid. George Floyd pointed a gun at a pregnant woman's belly. There's a credible case that Harambe had a had a stronger respect for life. I'll put it that he way. Did. Uh, the ape comparison was simply uh, accidental, though. Uh, incidental, Susan. It was an incidental ape comparison. I apologize for nothing. Drew says it wouldn't let me say calk. I I wasn't going to fall for it. Uh, Big thanks, Susan. Susan, please. I think that you're kind of cute, Matt. Oh, my God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No. That's a a, message received, Drew. That's aggressive. Long time, John. But he says he quit nursing for private security. Pays better. Well. Oh, okay. um, I didn't realize there was something less disgusting after that. Hopefully you don't get caught up in any kind of... uh, activist issues in that line of work but uh, congratulations if you're if you're changing your profession come on blonde think about it d block is going to get some better food and tyrone gets a molly tibbets to call his own everyone who deserves it lives happily ever after isn't that better than a farm worker death row 
Knuckle Hunky Buck. Imagine hmm. being so strongly against fascism that you're willing to mercilessly beat any Asian just to try to suppress the factual reporting of your actions by one person. Such a brave stand to take. Very anti-fascist, for sure. So anti-fascist. Ziggy shrugged. Man, ah, I keep clicking on stuff. Ah, hold on. Hold on. Do you have this up? Oh, I found it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I just do. suggested to Roger, Robert Barnes on Locals.com that he should have you two on Wednesday night sidebar with Viva Fry. And he agreed that it was a great idea. Hopefully he will be contacting you if he hasn't already. We have a show on Wednesday. Maybe we could do some kind of mashup some night or something, you know? Maybe mashup? we could. Fi- I-, I would love to figure it out. I think um, I think they're both doing great work over there, like I said. And it was fun to talk to Viva. And I've, I've never actually spoken with Robert Barnes uh, personally, so I would certainly appreciate the opportunity. Friedrich Kress von Kressenstein. Mm. Please say my entire name. P.S. The B looking thing is an S. I didn't know that. So thank you. I'll That's not over. a meme name. That's a real name. Is that your name? It's so regal. That is the most European name ever I've invented. Ever yeah. yeah. Incompetent hands. Fun fact. Originally, O.J. Simpson was up for the role of the Terminator, but... And I shit you not, they decided he was too likable and nobody would buy him as a killer. No way, really? Is Super that Jets for real? Go to movie pizza. Seriously? I'm going to look that up. Someone's finally sent me a link to O.J. Simpson's uh, weird prank show, and I haven't watched it yet, but it is on the internet. You can, you can find it. Oh. They're saying that it's a myth that was... <clears throat> Apology. It's a myth that was debunked by James Cameron, according to this article that I'm looking at from 2019. Uh, James Cameron said, let me correct that right now. Arnold is literally, oh, Arnold said this and he's, and James Cameron says, Arnold is literally just wrong. I know it's hard to imagine. You don't argue with Arnold. Arnold was never offered Reese. Okay. So Arnold was supposed to be Reese. OJ Simpson was never in the mix at all. That was rejected out of hand before it ever got any traction. According I kind of believe Cameron. him because uh, Reese would not be a natural fit for him. For Arnold, Arnold was always, yeah, Arnold was always a superhuman bodybuilder type. Like, why would he be Reese? Yeah, and that's honestly that's the reason that he kind of works in this role is because yeah. for whatever you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's gifted, inhuman. <laughs> yeah, like gifted emotional actor is not that, and Reese had to have these kind of like sentimental, emotional moments with Sarah that if they were with Arnold, that would have been a disaster. It wouldn't have worked, right? Yeah. So I believe him. Okay. Um, John Gray, someone needs to investigate why there's over 200 patriots being held in what is basically solitary confinement, only being let out for an hour a day, denied medicine while John Sullivan is free. That is an excellent question. And nobody gives a That is as well. Yeah. And I was bummed that that, you know, the show started going haywire yesterday or uh, last week when we were talking about John Sullivan, because whenever we're talking about the Capitol riot, he's buried, even though he's one of the, the day's greatest offenders as far as mm-hmm. the charges are concerned. Yep. And as far as the consequences exactly. are, too, with his money being seized. Yeah. Uh, Kal-El or Kyle says um, it can be truthful that no one at the Capitol on January 6th was directly responsible for Brian Sicknick's death and also that he may still be alive. If the January 6th event had not occurred, <sighs> both can, of course, be true at the same time. How? How did this cause his stroke? The stress of an event I need, caused somebody's I need, stroke. This would never right. hold up in court, ever. That's why they haven't charged anybody with anything because they... I mean, I can I can say that any number of health things that I've had happen are the result of some long-distant events in my life that were stressors. It's fucking stupid. 
There's no way. It wasn't the same day. It wasn't five minutes after. Even then, it, w- it wouldn't be responsible. It's it's not impossible, but that but that's the problem to me is they're making that link without substantiation. Just saying something's theoretically possible, so you better acknowledge it. And, well, no, I, I don't necessarily have to. We've had investigation piled on top of investigation on this, and it's concluded that it was natural causes. Now, I'm no medical examiner, but natural causes to me implies something that was going to happen naturally or did happen naturally. So what if one of his kids comes up behind him and is like, daddy, boo. Yeah. And then it raises his blood pressure and then he has a stroke three days later or whatever. Is, is it that kid's fault? Did he do that? Is he responsible? Like, Counterfactuals are also impossible to argue against. It's like, well, if they never would have rioted, he never would have died. How do we know though? Like they might've been just normal capital tours that day. And he might've just plopped dead because that's what happened. We just don't know. And it's fine to speculate about possibilities. I just don't like political conclusions and political shame applying uh, or assignment based on, um, based on possibilities, not substantiated statements of fact. Yeah. uh, No matter, he's a police officer. So he was going to be subjected to a number of stressors on a daily basis anyway. Sure. Uh, America 76. I love 19 year old roaches jumping on my lap and combing my leg hair. The quote Joe Biden directly. Gross. Uh, Rodzilla 5332. It's obvious Biden was looking at those hair clips and thinking, oh, no. Uh -uh." (laughs) Ooh. Can nope. we make jokes about uh Nope. Uh-uh. Not right. Grabbing kids and you know I got the joke, Rodzilla. I got Spicy. it. I see. President <laughs> McTama. Hey, Dave, if the AF AFT, I, that doesn't sound good to me. It's gotta be the ATF. Um yeah. gives up all of their assault rifles, then maybe Oh, and this just moved. Uh no, no, still not giving up mine. Yeah, really. It is telling that they have to use uh, assault rifles to come take your assault rifles or assault weapons or whatever term they're going to use. They will always use the guns that they're taking from you to take those guns in a paradox. Knuckle hunky buck. Chipman looks like the result of combining the DNA of Gary Busey and Alfred Newman in a Wuhan. (laughs) (laughs) Can we rule out that Fauci did that? I don't think we can Uh, at this point. That's double tinfoil. Um, Yeah. Marlon Marlon Moncrief says, thank you for your husband's service, Blonde. Also, thank you for your late brother's service, Matt. And may he rest in peace. Enjoy your Memorial Day tomorrow. Thank you very much. I appreciate appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, a happy Memorial Day to you and your family as well. Daniel Kunkel, has anyone asked Chipman what shall not be infringed means? Uh, Biden doesn't think it means what it says as he has... He said no amendment is absolute, even though it's the only amendment that ends with that term. Yeah. (laughs) Shall not be infringed. Mostly peaceful gun owner. Matt and I once made love. I love those barrettes in his hair. He looks like he's 19 sitting there like a little lady with his legs (laughs) crossed. Oh, Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Very kind. Gross. Laser 47. Blonde, given the ATF guy interview, please add minority report to the movie list. I've actually never seen it. That would be fun. Maybe down the line we could, because eventually we'll run out of movies that you love that I haven't seen. Like I, right. there are some on your list that I'd strike because I've already seen. So maybe down the line we figure out some way for like classics that we haven't seen together. We'll okay. think about it. I, I haven't seen that either, but I know that movie would be something I would like based on my understanding of the concept. Rodzilla 5332, not only is Texas finally passing a constitutional carry, they have a bill removing suppressors made and sold in Texas from the NFA. Mm. The latter is subject to a weird judicial review. 
Well, just like life in Jurassic Park, the feds find a way. We tried to do that in Montana. We, we tried to say that any firearm or firearm accessory manufactured in this state is exempt from your bullshit federal restrictions because there's no interstate commerce component. And the federal courts still said, don't care. You can't do it. So while I applaud Texas for trying, whether the feds, whether it actually stops the feds from showing up at someone's door to you know, to give them the old uh, Randy Weaver treatment for having a Texas manufactured oil can suppressor or something like that. It won't. Probably won't. Even though as a matter of law, you're protected as a matter of, um, well, just practical reality. Is it going to stop them from doing that? Probably not. Capitalism for the win. Uh, don't forget y'all in the South. We have a meetup in the Chattanooga on in Chattanooga on Saturday, 1 p.m. at the River Park downtown. 1 p.m. at the River Park downtown. Mm. Join Beauty and the Beta Tennessee Telegram group and hit up Joshy Boy for more info. See you all there. How cool. That sounds really fun. Hope you guys have a great time and send us a photo if you do. By the way, oil filter suppressor, right? Not oil can suppressor. Correct Is that myself. What you said? I've never made one, but uh, the Call of Duty tells me it's possible. So someone... Uh, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> Corey Alexander yeah. says... Why don't they ask him about his moto picks on top of unalive kids? <laughs> is, does Chipman have those or Joe? Bu- Who has those? I know. Who is recreationally running over kids? Now I have to know. Uh, John Bound says, I think his name is Chipman because he has a genetic cross between a chipmunk and a human male. <laughs> but um, Yeah. Uh, does does it matter? Says after seeing that pick of Chipman at a smoldering Waco compound, it reminds us all that that there uh, that if there was ever a time to set up RWDS, it is ASAP. I like the use of acronyms. Thank you for protecting us from Susan. And yeah, obviously, for personal purposes, as far as David Chipman is concerned, it's important to be accurate in whether that is in fact a picture of him or not. Now, broad purposes, whether you'd like to expand the powers of the ATF or not. That photo is plenty explanatory. Do you want them to do that to your house, your place of residence, or not? If you don't, don't give them any more power to do that sort of thing. <laughs> I know. Fools. Uh, Lapco92 says, Kamala Harris, finally a strong, independent whammon of color that's not afraid to roll up her sleeves and get her knees dirty. I don't know. <laughs> you got to admire that about her. Yep. Um, Knuckle Hunky Buckets pronounced... Bucephus, ah. Bocephus. It's a nickname for Hank William Jr. I did not know, but now I know. So I will go with Bocephus. Thank you. Holden Mulray, verse for the weekend. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, and someone lay down his life for his friends. It's John 15. Thank you, Holden. Thank you, Holden. Appreciate it. Uh, Charles Use. Use. Matt and I never made love because he refused to put on a blonde wig and get on the left side of the screen. He has too much dignity for that, guys. (laughs) Please say hi to Catherine for me. We love the show. P.S. My last name rhymes with house. Oh, yeah. Charles Yous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've been calling you Charles Use. Go with that. Appreciate it. Everyone's on the pronunciation police bandwagon right now, but I get it. Well, it's good. I mean, if they give like every week and I'm constantly butchering their name at some point, it's like, come on. We are the epitome of pronunciation on this show. That's true. Uh, just to be clear. Matter. Um, <laughs> did I just read that? I did. No, no. He, it's a different guy making sure I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's killing me to let this go any longer, Matt. It's Bocephus. Literally the nickname for Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> there you go. Now I know. 
Drew, I'm sure our grandparents were super happy to give their lives for for joggers and our current state of political <laughs> affairs. Also, the right to mutilate your pee-pee. All right, Drew. I'll let all this go. Uh, CM <laughs> Has hoax. he redeemed himself after that uh, shocking comment earlier? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I just couldn't read that because I know your parents listen. <laughs> My parents are pretty hardened at this point. Are oh, they, I forgot to mention, man, I, I'm a terrible their... son. It's my dad's birthday today, too. We went and ah, you know, we were visiting. Happy birthday. So, happy Papa birthday. What is he, like 50? Um, no, my dad is 65. I know. I was just joking. There's no way yeah. he's, he's 50. No, my, my parents are proper retirement age now. So 65. It's, yeah, oh. it's 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 not just a birthday for my dad, but they're kind of at a, a transition in life. You know, like we got the kid on the... the grandparents at least on the way and um their retirement age and you know those golden years are upon them so look forward to many uh look forward to a lot of free time listening to people comment on hypothetical sexual scenarios with your son you know the dream that they always yeah. wanted yeah but they're so proud for sure <laughs> 65 it doesn't seem as old as it used to you know hmm but my dad, my dad's up there too. He's like 70, almost 70. Hmm. Uh, Drew, I just read that. You're disgusting. Um, CM hoax. I had to be in LA for work the past week, went down to the beach before my flight out and wondered to myself, why do we let these people dictate culture to us? They're disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> sounds about right. Eric Nervik. Um, I watched the Barnes and Fuentes debate. Fuentes was clearly evasive and his philosophy was clearly made to project a dislike of Jews on Israel broadly. Uh, I can't opine because I haven't, I haven't watched it, but I'm, I'm seeing a lot of mixed reviews in the chat. I heard that he did quite well. I, I, I don't know that I would agree with that statement totally because he, he came prepared with the facts. I mean, it may be the case that he has a bias that he wants to rationalize, but that's not, that's not the way that I interpreted the conversation. I thought that he was prepared and I thought that at least in my opinion, I thought he was applying mostly principles that he would apply elsewhere. He wasn't picking on a particular group or a particular country He's saying, listen, uh, we wouldn't stand, we wouldn't accept this or promote this in any other context. Why do we do it here? Yeah. I, I, uh, um, so I don't know. I'm not saying that's totally off. I'm just, I'm certain you have your reasons for thinking that, but that's not, I didn't, I didn't really come away thinking that I thought he was, Interesting. I thought he was pretty well prepared on the facts. I thought both this guys is only were. on bit shoot. I think it's on, it's only on Infowars, or I think you can watch it on band.video. I think that's where we got it. I can't remember, okay. but you can, you can find it. I can send you the link. Um, Thank but I, I will say in my opinion, uh, both men did did really well. I actually thought it was going to be kind of a shit show and it was anything but. I thought it I thought it was respectfully done and well done. And I don't think that I really don't think that either guy totally wrecked the other one. I think they both made points that I agreed with, to be honest. Knuckle hunky buck. Uh, Stephen Wilford was the man who shot back at Sutherland Springs Church. That's right. That's yeah. right. And chased him down. Stephen Wilford. We apologize, Mr. Wilford. Williford, um, I think, is how it was pronounced. Williford. Give him due credit. Urashima Otaru. Uh, the bigger news here is that it doesn't even matter if it was originally just a lab leak. If this article is true, they purposely released these other re-engineered versions of the virus. Also, mm. there is the um, the great cover-up. 
of all of this. Yes, which, which were, in and of itself there also was no journalistic choice. curiosity. If they knew in late fall about coronavirus cases and they just didn't talk about it, you had the WHO in January saying no evidence of human to human transmission. There's at minimum a long cover up. Sorry. Um, my babies are screaming down there. Mark Wiseman says a concealed carry license isn't going to make any difference at one's workplace. In Texas, most employers have a section 3006 sign posted prohibited uh, posting prohibiting all firearms on the premises. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Property owners, they have property rights. I, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they, they should be disregarded, but that's a cultural question too of, of once you answer this question correctly from a government perspective, how do you get more on the right side of it culturally? And I'm not saying that every property owner or business owner is wrong. Um, they're entitled to their own risk assessment. But I just think that if there were people prepared to defend themselves at the situation like in Santa in uh, San Jose, um, it'd go a lot better than what happened in this case. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Wraith Mark says money for the gods of politics. That can't possibly be us. <laughs> that's definitely uh, false. Uh, that's definitely idolatry. Idolatry but, uh, right I, there. Yeah. yeah, I will. Uh, I, I appreciate the support for the show. Thank you. Uh, Unworthy two forty one blonde. Witness me, creepy Joe admires a woman. <laughs> it's okay. It's coming at you with creepy Joe admiration. I guess. All right. Um, esoteric unbound up until a month ago, we were assured that a lab origin for the Wu flu was just a conspiracy theory. Now they're copping to the obvious. Hmm. Has there been anything else? They recently applied that label to, I know. I'm pretty sure they tell us the truth all the time. We should always listen to the government and the media about everything, especially about the legitimacy of the best, most secure, most awesome election of all time, especially about that. Yeah. We voted for this man with dementia. Mm-hmm. In record numbers. In record numbers. Um, Joe Biden's dentures. Dude, when you thought up Schwartz and Jogger, you probably wondered if that pun was worth $10. Yes. I, yes, I can't take credit for it. I don't think that's it. a Skag original. No, no, I can't take credit for it. I wish I could properly credit the person who did. It's from the chat at some point or from the community. If you're the person who coined Schwartz and Jogger, you get me an email and I will properly credit you. <laughs> Michael Anderson, if you want to apply your principles evenly, Matt, you should be fired and blacklisted from video chats for the technical challenges you have not been able to overcome <laughs> on this show. <laughs> well, obviously, I'm being some I'm I'm joking a little bit, but um, but yeah, I, listen, if you want to seriously defend the effects of Terminator we got problems especially that face are you kidding nobody, me nobody really and it was in 1984 it didn't look anything like arnold like the back and forth between the real arnold and that like, face was like what the <laughs> f just figure out a way to shoot this there's got to be a better way or cut the scene or something you know? yeah eric burns march blonde now that the topic is proper diction my ethnic group is rusin not ah. russian oh. there you go oh. Unworthy 241. I could watch Blonde braid her hair and read right-wing Death Squad posts all <laughs> High-quality entertainment. Okay. Over, <clears throat> over on DLive. Uh, ETC, thanks for supporting the show. Uh, appreciate you. And um, over on Trovo, Chubby Stubby says, The theory once dismissed by the damn administration, the gaslighting propaganda is phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, C2K says no pressure on the movie review this week, but if you fuck it up, we'll, we'll all resign. You'll lose 80% of your viewers and this will become that blonde show. But like I said, no pressure. God, I love this segment. It, it has been really fun. And, um, you know, you're not the first person. I know people are joking. <clears throat> so I don't, God damn it. <coughs> God, we'll see if I make it through the end of the night here. I know people are joking, doing it in good fun, so I don't take it too seriously. But I've definitely had people email me saying that their viewership is contingent upon me rating the upcoming movie correctly. (laughs) So there are forces at play. And the interesting thing is everybody says that you have to rate it positively. Nobody's emailed me to say, God. Okay. Nobody's emailed me to say, you better shit on this shit movie or else I'm tuning out. I'm waiting yeah. for the first person who does that. That movie That's sucks. Yeah. And you better say it sucks. Uh, Chubby Stubby says, I'm partial to the South Park theory. It was via sex with a bat and a uh, pangolin. What is that? A that- pangolin. They're very interesting animals. You should check one out. That created the virus. The twist is Fauci was the perpetrator. Doesn't he look like an animal fucker? Well, have mercy on us, Susan, please. Who else can a short man fuck anyway? Chubby stubby. Well, and uh, speaking of animal intercourse, Fauci also had a hand in AIDS. Just so you know, he was uh, oh, yeah. he was involved in a lot of that dating back decades. Yes. Chubby stubby. Have mercy on our souls, Susan. We beg of you. Chubby stubby waiting for the news hysteria to reach the point of a non-jogger tying their shoelaces to be accused of a hate crime. Oh, yeah. There you go. Once um, jogger has become a more formal slur, we know that we've really made it in the world of hoax hate. And C2K says, we started a game on Trovo. Drink every time Matt clears his throat. We're all drunk as hell because Matt can't stop smoking poles. Oh, oh my God. You know, I actually, I thought it was going to be worse tonight. I know it got a little rough toward the end, but I was worried that it was going to get pretty bad as the show went on. And it, and I hope it was uh, mostly listenable. I do have... um. You know, just like the protests are mostly peaceful. I just want my show mostly listenable. I think that's a good standard. We just have a few over on um, over on Tippy Stream. We'll call it a night. Um, Tynus Lor- Lorvald says, "Off topic, but how much do you want to do you want to bet that they'll make sure the first person to step foot on Mars will be a woman, oh, likely yeah. a woman of color, woman, the parasite of the human species, forever riding the coattails of men." I think that's already that's a foregone conclusion, right? It'll be R2 Dindu herself rolling (laughs) onto the red planet. Guy says an employee comes to work to engage in a peaceful yet murderous conversation about his diversity show trial and we should stop him. (laughs) That's the least fun option. I have to disavow, uh, (laughs) but uh, yeah, uh, I I get the bit. Redicus says, uh, God bless the boomer with the big iron on his hip by the name of Jack Wilson that dropped a dirt bag at 50 feet in the head. Uh, been a while since the last super chat fixing the house with my money. Uh, well, my money means something. That's a good plan. That's yeah. another good way to spend your soon to be meaningless dollars. So thank you for that. Although I'm not sure the reference, this must've been a guy who's, I don't know either. Um, must have an Antifa fight or something. solved a situation with a firearm is what it sounds like. Mm. Redicus also says one year sober for George, the never ending story of dead by uh, dead by mob sicknick cliff diver muff diver documentary Fauci behind the pandemic Joker is up for ATF head 
fuck, we skipped clown, clown pill and we went full retard. You never go full retard. Well, at least it's entertaining, you know? At least we can appreciate that. Redicus also says V for Vendetta wasn't supposed to be prophetic. A midwit politician gains power by releasing a virus they had a cure for, which leads to a change in power that is issued to persecute their opposition. Uh, less gays and more old ladies with rascals. That's another movie. I do like I V see. for Vendetta. That's, that's a good well, that would be a, a good nominee, but that's uh, that's up to you. You are the. Uh, the ultimate queen of movie nomination. So at least for now, um, me too says Chipman is the Republican equivalent of nominating an abortion clinic bomber to be the U S secretary of health. Well, maybe something uh, metaphor can't be that far off or uh, analogy, yes. I suppose. Okay. I think uh, we're all set. Give it a quick refresh on my end. I'm good over here. Uh, yeah, we're good. Anything else before we get out of here? Oh, we'll see you next week. Uh, what's the movie again? Next Groundhog week Day. it is, okay. yeah, it is Groundhog Day. So thank you guys for hanging out with us, man. After um, Sunday with the tech issues and a week of struggling to make videos and do the Wednesday show with my voice the way it was, I was just pleading to the sky, please, 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 no bullshit technical issues tonight. And lo and behold, my prayers were answered. So I hope it was a more listenable product this week than yeah. um, than Sunday or potentially Wednesday. And appreciate you guys hanging out with us and enjoying the duct tape. Regardless, if you'd like more of the show, you can listen to the, the stuff we have on audio over on the website. If you want to get in touch with us, if you want to buy a T-shirt, if you want to read the movie columns and tell me how much my opinions suck. That's all on the website, mattchristiansonmedia.com. We'll be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not meet the press. It's the Matt and Blonde Show, and have a very happy Memorial Day.